What's happening, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy Sunday, everybody. I want to start off by apologizing uh, to the European scrotes. I think I promised that I would do a daytime show so you guys could watch live. I will still do I that. I want to start off by apologizing. Whoops. Um, I, I will do that, uh, but I apologize for not doing it. Starting late again, but welcome back. It's more female dating strategy. I... I don't get excited about this like I used to. Um, they, the, the gals had a big win last week. I'm not going to lie. They they won that one. Um, we left in defeat, Andre, Lev, and myself. Uh, today, episodes 81, 82, maybe 83, we'll see, uh, of the Female Dating Strategy podcast thank you everybody for joining me if uh, a couple things actually tuesday uh all new episode of low value mail uh we have a guest this week his name is flat earth dave he's gonna be a guest on tuesday on low value mail um you can uh call in and chat with flatter flat earth dave he's uh apparently some sort of flat earth expert whatever that means and then uh, Wednesday, we have a new episode of The Bathhouse. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm starting to book the guests for that just because people are starting to want to do it more. Because, uh, you know, at first people are like, what the fuck is this? So we have uh, Chris Vega, Dan Carney, and uh, Bonnie McFarlane uh, currently, currently scheduled on The Bathhouse. Okay, so thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Is everything working? Um... Someone says you were perfectly on time. Goddamn right it was. I waited for that shit to turn 8.30, and then I went bang. Uh, so anyways, join us on um, on Wednesday night for that. And also, if you live in the New Jersey area, Morris Plains, New Jersey, I'm going to be headlining on April 22nd. If you want to come out to that, just go to the link in my bio on Twitter or Instagram. I don't have a website. I probably should, but I feel like... I don't know. Maybe we'll get one. Um, welcome back. Welcome back. Okay, so we're just gonna we're gonna get down to it. Uh, episode eighty-one of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. Thank you very much, everybody. Scrotes. I'm gonna put a poll up to see if you guys want to skip the episode. But this episode is titled. I don't want to give a shout out to all the low value males, of course, as always, the negative value males and the scrotes. And this episode's titled "Listen Up, Scrotes." Here's why women think you're creepy. We should have just skipped to this one last week. It would have been much better. But you can't turn back time. You can only look forward. Don't want to look in the rearview mirror. So, let's do this. Uh, what's up, queens, everybody? Welcome back. Okay. One and a quarter speed, as always. What's up, queens? What's up, Welcome queens? to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. Right, so before we get into this episode, I just want to clear something up about what Thanksgiving is and why it's celebrated. I think I know why. Is it because Americans were free from the British? Is that why you have Thanksgiving? I've no <laughs> idea what Canada celebrate into the... No! <laughs> you're still under a monarchy, so yeah. It's the last Thanksgiving episodes. If you're wondering where we're at, we're five months behind. I don't know what you're celebrating. Well, yeah, so there's Canadian Thanksgiving is what's coming up this week, not American Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's October. The day- oh, hold on. I'm going to I'm gonna put up the poll if we want to skip this, but 
pretty solid title to not skip. Listen up, Scrooge. The day that we are recording this is October 8th. And so right before hitting the record button, I was talking about my weekend plans with my family for Thanksgiving and how I have multiple Thanksgiving events. And then Savannah was like, first of all, Rose, like, oh yeah, Canadian Thanksgiving is like a month earlier than American Thanksgiving. And we were about to explain why. And then Savannah was like, just comes in and is like, so what's about what Thanksgiving? Is it about uh, escaping the British or something? <laughs> so I was like, wait, 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 wait. Back, let's back up. So what is Thanksgiving? For us, it's just like a harvest thing. It's like in the fall. Oh, okay. You harvest your pumpkins and your cranberries and your apples and, and your all the agricultural products and celebrate the polls up vote away people you, you know you give thanks to i don't know like nature or whatever and it's like yay it's fall oh that's cute that's like kind oh, of the like, vibe in like vancouver at least that's what we do for thanksgiving but the americans have a different uh i don't know mythology i guess around thanksgiving yeah what americans celebrating so thanksgiving is the day that we celebrate the fact that the native americans didn't let a bunch of religious nuts from britain starve to death during the winter because they didn't know how to grow shit Oh, so it was thanks to the British. We're we did have something to do with it. No, 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 no. So what happened is, wasn't it the pilgrims? They were like repressed in England, right? And so they were like fleeing religious persecution, I guess. Yeah. So they're basically religious nuts, like I said, right? So okay, so it had something to do with the British then, basically. Vaguely tangentially related, but okay. <laughs> okay. So basically, they'd arrived to the United States but had no clue how to grow food here. Oh, okay. Yeah. What we commemorate as Thanksgiving is the Native Americans teaching the settlers how to harvest and grow food on American soil. Wow. I actually didn't know that. I didn't know that was why. Yeah. So things like corn and squash, these are native to North America, South America, actually, Central America, the Americas. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, potatoes and stuff like that. You know, then there's the whole Colombian exchange where different agricultural products were, you know, exchanged back and forth. So that was kind of like the beginning of that sharing of agricultural products. Because they would have starved. They had no idea how to till the land. That's actually super wholesome. No, because they turned no. around and slaughtered all of the Native Americans. So Oh, okay. That shit happens. Horrible it happens. For the Native Americans, but it was immediately followed up by, you know, all of the Native Americans dying of disease and war and famine. So it was kind of not a good vibe after that. It's Bad now vibes. controversial to celebrate, at least with a traditional mythology. I think it's a federal holiday, but we still celebrate certain things like parting a turkey every year where the president pardons. Welcome, everybody, to female holiday strategy. With the queens, turkey what are they talking death, about? Quote unquote. And turkeys also come from the Americas. That's another food that is like uh, didn't exist in Eurasia, like after Eurasia, before you know European contact in North America or the Americas. Yeah, so it's shout out to turkeys. They are very delicious. The idea is that we give thanks because the Native Americans didn't let those group of religious nuts starve to death, but maybe they should have. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe they should have just let them die. Yeah, uh, honestly. Oh, I mean that's, that's really up. interesting. I thought Thanksgiving was something completely different, but hit and the lesson. That's what Thanksgiving means to me. Yeah, and at least in my family, we never like talked about any of the pilgrim or like Native American shit. It's all just like, oh, it's fall and we have to harvest the wheat and everything. That's sweet. We have to harvest a bunch of stuff and then we just have all this food and we're just gonna have a big party. That's like the whole, it's like, agricultural. Yeah, they'd also go on to burn witches at the stake and persecute women for existing. So yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, the same <laughs> the same pilgrims did the Salem witch trials. Was it the guys with buckles on their hats who did the Salem witch trials? Hold on. Let me fact check myself because I completely don't want to misinform people. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, it was like the Puritans. The Puritans and the Pilgrims, they're basically, I think they're two different religious groups that came to the United States because they're being persecuted for their let's, religious beliefs. I, I don't know what they're fucking clucking about here, but let's let them get to this. Should I skip So Pilgrim ahead? was the popular term applied to. Or I'm just saying that whenever a man asks us a dating question, it seems to be constantly prefaced by, I want do women consider some men creepy and not others? Or passengers. Uh, something something the english people who settled in plymouth in the 1620s oh so anyways we're gonna do a thanksgiving roast <laughs> if you're gonna submit your roast disrobed stories or a nazis or a queen shit check out our patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female no check out my patreon patreon.com slash low value mail 
go subscribe there. Dating strategy and submit your roast script for our Thanksgiving roast because we will read it aloud. All roasts all the time. Thanksgiving. Okay, this episode topic is a topic that we frequently get from our male readers and male listeners that I assume is in good faith, even though we're still going to roast the fuck out of them. And it is a question of how (laughs) and why do women consider some men creepy and not others? What makes a man creepy? Like, what is the concept of creepy? What does that mean? Yeah, because there's a lot of guys that are mad clueless about this. And this is inspired by a Psychology Today article that we'll read in our bonus content this week on the Patreon. But also because of just like the frequency of this question, Uh, that whenever a man asks us a dating question, it seems to be constantly prefaced by, I want to tell her I like her, I want to do something. And I don't understand why women think I'm a creep. So listen up, Scroats. This is going to be a tough love road. Because you're ugly, that's why. About why you're a creep. It's going to be a multi-part <laughs> series, I think, about how to not be an educational roast to scrote. How to not be a creep. How, how to not be a creep, yeah. Creep. yeah. Because there are certain behaviors, looks... And mannerisms, yeah. <laughs> that just make you creepy. Mannerisms that make you come across like a creep to women. Let's just keep it a buck. So if you're doing any of these things, you're more than likely repelling women. Yeah. And you should stop. All right. So first item, cool. poor sense of personal space. Yes. Every creepy man does not understand the appropriate amount of personal space from a woman's body to his body. You're constantly evading our personal space in inopportune times. Yeah, definitely. And it's sort of also, it isn't just about how you approach, it's also where. I mean, for me, for example, I used to, or I still get guys approaching me at the gym and even like, he could look like Chris Hemsworth and I'll still think he's a creep purely because it's just not the right time. If I'm like clearly in the middle of, you know, a set of squats or deadlifts and I've got my headphones on, I clearly don't want to talk to anyone. If you then approach me at that time, I'll just think you're a creep and or you can't read basic social cues. Yeah. And another one is like, if you're alone with a woman. What about Idris Elba? Men need to be aware that like when a woman is alone with a man, she doesn't know, like, I don't know, in an elevator, you know, something like that is like an enclosed space or, you know, just like, you know, just even being in the office or something and there's no one else there. Right. She's going to be on high guard. She's going to be on high alert. Okay, so it's important as a man to not, you know, stay like 10 feet away at all times. Honestly, like this is more than social distancing. This is like leave like a healthy amount of space. You can talk to her. But, you know, getting too close, it creates a sort of intimidating or threatening sort of yell from a distance, fellas, vibe that women just feel like something, oh, is something bad going to happen kind of thing. And like the closer that you are to her, the more in danger she feels. So if you keep a you know healthy personal space, she's going to feel more safe, more comfortable. Yes. Like there's some guys that I know they do that thing where they turn their whole body to you when you're talking to them and they lean so close to you that it does feel physically intimidating to women. Right now, I don't think they're all trying to be creepy. Maybe they're hard of hearing or maybe they're just like trying to indicate their interest but like every single person that weirds people out always has a problem recognizing when some woman is not is uncomfortable with the amount of space that they've closed and the distance between them so you'll notice this if women start to just take a step back and like don't step forward (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you close talker and she takes a step back do not fucking step forward take a step back actually actually create more space like if you take a step forward she takes a step back take a half step back like just to be like, oh like that'll be you don't even have to say anything take two steps back take two or three steps two back, steps back, back the fuck up. yeah just in fact turn turn around this is also cultural i found out oh i wanted to say that too yeah yeah so i actually had a professor in college who was from spain and in spain the amount of distance between you and the speaker is actually much smaller than what's socially acceptable for the united states the good news is obviously is everyone's socially distanced for the most part even the places where the mandate has been lifted a lot of people are just doing it instinctively because now you realize like oh if i'm within six feet of anybody i'm breathing in their germs but (laughs) but just being aware of whatever appropriate amount of space is between you and the other person especially a woman and if you're not sure watch other people who women don't consider creeps and if you have to like quite literally measure it or at least eyeball it then do it and then start practicing it I definitely notice that whenever I travel to other countries, like in Europe, for example, it's like the closer you get to the equator, the more 
close the men get and it's weird to me and because i'm canadian we're distant northern cold people you know we were social distancing before social distancing was required by the government uh we did that voluntarily before covid <laughs> so like the like swedish people and norwegians germans they also are like more distant they like to keep some personal space so we kind of like understand each other on that level i guess they're not as friendly people from southern countries are way more friendly and i do like I mean, you're literally comparing white people to non-white people isn't that like that but it's like it. yeah i don't want to smell your breath when i'm talking to you and like there have been times where i'll be talking to a guy and i take a step back and he seems to think that's weird like that's too far and he'll take a step forward and he'll take a step back takes a step forward neither of us are even like aware of what's happening i'm just creating a space that feels normal to me for my culture and he's creating a space that feels normal for him and for his culture or whatever but it's like you know i don't know i think you should respect the boundary that's like more that creates more space you know yeah whatever is the more spacious option take it especially if everyone thinks you're a creep next item on the list resting creep face <laughs> a lot of men don't know they have resting creep face oh my god resting creep face is a man who it's almost like the jeffrey dahmer look since he's been in the news lately where like they almost have like a slack jeffrey jaw Dahmer's, oh right because the show was out and uh probably gonna be a lot of jeffrey dahmer talk coming up predatory uncomfortable stare so resting creep face is when a man is looking at you or his the way his face is is situated is it's not giving you a lot it's not giving right <laughs> emotionless yeah, quite literally emotionless, or you'll notice a lot of these guys are, are literal mouth breathers, right? Close your fucking mouth. Close your fucking... It's a good idea. Breathe through the nose. It's good for you. Mouth. <laughs> I mean, not to be rude, but yeah, when you're breathing, <laughs> you have like clogged sinuses, it's worth going to a doctor to get allergy medication or something. Because <laughs> if you just... There's actually some Sticks evidence that fire. this posture makes you look more ugly. Like, there's this whole thing online with incels and, like, mewing and stuff. They're obsessed with making, like, they've been mouth breathers their whole lives, and that makes them have, like, a recessed mid-face or whatever. It actually makes their face, like, look creepy, right? And you'll be more attractive if you breathe through. Is that true? I think, I feel like your that's nose. true. Like, actually, dead ass. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why some people don't breathe through their nose. <laughs> you'll have to explain it to me if there's some kind of medical condition besides maybe allergies that like cause a person to not want to breathe through their nose. But, you know, even if you have to only like slightly crack your mouth, but like, <laughs> quite frankly, I have no idea why it's so creepy to women, but it is. I'm trying not to be mean, but that's an honest thing. Like if you're just sitting there with your mouth all open, I think it's like the germs, the combination of like the germs getting on them. You smell your breath more, the germs like spreading everywhere because you're breathing through your mouth. It just makes you look common and stupid. Like, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, it makes you look dopey if you're like makes you look common. looking at someone with a slack jaw, like a slack jawed yogel, literally. <laughs> so having resting creep face is something you can probably fix. Is this creepy? I yeah, I guess if you're looking at a woman just like this with your jaw open, that is pretty weird. Look up viewing online about how to properly like close your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> how to properly fucking breathe. That's the thing. If I look at a guy and he's breathing through his mouth, I... Pulls closed, everybody. We're watching. Just immediately have less confidence in him because it's like, how are you bad at breathing? That's like the most basic thing to function. <laughs> I just assume he's going to be bad at other things too. How are you so bad <laughs> at life that you can't even breathe properly? God. Breathing is 101, Scrotes. Breathing is fundamental. I just assume he's like way, way, way below me. Like his level is way beneath me if he can't even breathe right. God. That's why mouth breather is an insult. There's a reason why. It's because it creeps women out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the serial killer stare is up next. And this is basically basically 99% of pictures on online dating or just pictures of men in general. Just the angle, just, oh, you can just imagine it on like a true crime documentary when they're saying, and this serial killer executed his wife and two kids in the basement. And that picture what? just comes up. I don't like to see the whites of his eyes all around his like iris, right? Like if you're just naturally bug-eyed, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that genetics be like that, but close your eyelids a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but like obviously, and yeah, chicks look creepy like this too. 
Like if they just want to have their eyes like just wide open. Yeah. You know? Anybody. <laughs> I mean, but it's, also, it's also like the lack anybody. of smile. Close your eyelids, Kurt. <laughs> close your mouth and slightly close your eyelids. <laughs> In fact, close your eyes completely. Don't even look at a woman. Just avoid- Honestly, yeah. honestly, just give up. But it's also just like the, it's also the angle and the lack of smiling and the intense eye contact with the camera. I'm just thinking who takes that sort of picture and thinks I look good in that? You know, it's like almost taking a picture like a passport photo. Like you always, I don't know, like I always have to try extra hard to get the right dimensions because I either I start laughing or smiling or do something that just doesn't give me like a straight dead ass face. But these men will just do it and just put it on a dating profile and just think that's attractive. I think it's because men think, oh, I'm doing like the hunter stare. Like I look like a hunter. Like they think that that makes I mean, them look more like that, or whatever. Though. And it's like, no, it just makes <laughs> women feel in danger. No, some, just... some do feel in danger for sure. I don't know if it's rightfully so, but maybe they feel that way. But it's uncomfortable. Meanwhile, all the hot guys are cheesing from ear to ear in their pictures. And it's always like the guys that probably need to show a little emotion to look more attractive. They're trying to give the C, the, what they call it, the smolder. They're trying to give the smolder. Yeah. Is it like Derek Zoolander, some of them? Yeah. They're trying to do Zoolander. I can't believe she called him Derek Zoolander. Not just, just Zoolander will suffice. And it's giving John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> Honestly, God. <laughs> like a lot of guys just don't know how to like move their face like modeling is an actual skill because you have to like move your face and your facial expressions in like a very specific way right like people who say like oh i'm not photogenic it's just because you don't know how to take good pictures or like at the right angles or like oh the corners of my lips should be up oh i should tilt my eyebrows like this like it's a whole thing right so like learn how to hold your face in a non-fucked up way like <laughs> yeah okay yeah just fix your fucking face why is this hard <laughs> you can control it even if you're not genetically gifted here's the thing like even if you're not like genetically attractive you can at least like you know you can control your facial expressions right learn to control your facial expressions basically just look <laughs> looks normal so i think what it is is that women respond to men who look like they have social skills with people and know how to respond in conversation and so i feel like the people that have creep face it looks like they don't talk to enough people they look poorly socialized like a feral cat yeah, they look poorly what? socialized. Exactly. <laughs> what kind of, yeah. Every creep, Google a video called Rapist Glasses. <laughs> I'll actually include in a link. It's by this comedian called John LaJoy. It's like a funny skit, but he does like the rest Shout of the Shout out to creep. John LaJoy. John LaJoy. John LaJoy. Regular, everyday, normal guy. He's perfectly. Classic right? So it's YouTube basically sketch. a skit of him wearing these glasses, like wearing the Jeffrey Dahmer glasses and then giving the creep face that creeps a woman out. So if you look like that, fix it. Yeah. Like if you can intentionally make that a face, like if you can act in a way to like make that face and put it on, you can take it off if that's your normal face. Right. So work on that. Exactly. Just give okay, it a little work, point. you know, turning non-sexual conversations and situations sexual. This just screams, screams Kuma, screams <laughs> Kuma. And that's just, yeah. I've, that point gave me like PTSD flashbacks. <laughs> And also, I feel like if guys who do this inappropriately, it's poor social skills because there are ways to not necessarily turn the relationship sexual, but to flirt in like a slightly inappropriate way, but one doesn't overstep the mark, if that makes sense. And I think that guys who are familiar with women, they'll know how to do it in quite almost like a tasteful way. So, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, generally they're attractive and they look like they have money and yeah, all the things you want. Sure. Yes. Just like line, right? There's a sort of fine line, I guess. But there's some guys that go, they go so past that line that they just become like boorish and uncouth. And like, you know, you'll just be having a completely normal conversation and they bring up something, I don't know. Tits. Almost like Tourette's. I don't say tits. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like just, or like, you know, some kind of porn meme or whatever, right? So anyways, I was walking to the store. Paul tits! <laughs> what are they even talking about? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. The guy that workplace sexual harassment training was made for. 
Yeah, like, here's the thing. Like, it also comes down to, like, a lack of self-control, right? A lot of guys might, they have that sexual thought and they just blurt it out. Like, more men need to, like, work on their prefrontal cortex, which is, like, the higher level thinking. (laughs) You need to, like, your lizard brain. I agree. I definitely do need to work on that because what am I doing listening to this podcast? Part of your brain is going to have thoughts like sex, vagina, horny, whatever, boners, like, I don't know, farts. Like, you're going to have lowbrow thoughts like that, right? Your prefrontal cortex, the thing that makes you, like, a human you know, like uniquely human. And you need to work on that and controlling those impulses. Because that's another thing. I find it really unattractive and weird and creepy when men lack self-control. You know, you have to control your base animal urges like to function in society. Yeah, so guys like this, they basically don't know how to flirt or to be funny, to be quite frank. Or that's just how they talk to men and they're just, they don't realize that that's not what women like. Yeah, I don't think a lot of men like it either, especially over a certain age. Like if they're in high school or junior high and they're just discovering it, but some guys are really doing this well into their 40s. And those are the men that everyone avoids at the office, right? And or they're a walking sexual harassment case waiting to happen. Yeah, like if you're 40, but you're mentally 14, like that's weird. There's something wrong with you. You need to grow up. Yeah. There's a term for it. Coming out. Yeah, it's the lack of maturity that comes off. Exactly. Or like, this is why it's so off-putting when you're dating online, because so many men that you don't know try to immediately steer the conversation sexual, right? Yes, I swiped right on you because I think you're marginally attractive, but I don't know anything else about you. So it is like weird. What's your favorite sex position? You know, like... (laughs) I mean, that is weird, guys, for those kinds of things. But it depends. Some guys just like, they don't really want much out of it. So they're willing to kind of just do that. But it is, I've always found that kind of on the weird side. Exactly. That guy is so thirsty. That's the other thing. It's so thirsty, right? So even if that person is moderately attractive, the thirstiness turns women off, right? Like, because you look desperate. Yeah. And the worst is also when they'll say something like sexual and they'll put like a laughing emoji or LOL or like stuff like that. Because again, aside from the fact that it's creepy, but nothing funny about sex. It also, to me, it speaks of a lack of conviction because I know that you're not joking. So just like say it with your chest or don't say it at all. And because and also when they put the LOL, they also know that they're coming across as creepy, but they're hoping to like soften the blow. That's actually a tactic that men, that pedophiles who groom children, that's what they Whoa. use a lot of the time as well. I also think a lot of guys... Pedophiles say LOL a lot. I actually believe that. I do believe that. Uh, I don't know if that's a fact, but I believe Who it. talk like this are just like porn sick. Like straight up. And it's such a turn off. Okay, so next point. The perv stare, excessive porn use stare. The coomer stare. All of us know what the coomer stare is. Men think that they're slick. Men think that women can't tell. That they spend all their waking time watching pornography. But it is something that we can quite literally feel. And it makes the hair stand up on the back of our neck. I don't know what that is. It's almost primal. I want to say it's because sometimes you can feel... Guys have been doing that since before porn. It's not from porn. Feel them undressing you with your eyes or like trying not to undress you with their eyes. It's like the incongruence between, you know, what they're feeling and then what they're talking to you as. Like for whatever reason, like it's just a sixth sense thing that a lot of women can pick up on. I mean, women know when a guy's like interested in them, right? And like, it's one thing to be like, to have a crush or something. But when the guy's like, yeah, looking you up and down and you just know he's mentally undressing you, it just makes me, I don't know, it just makes me not want him to be able to see me. Yeah. And also because I'm quite busty, I've I've experienced this quite a bit in that they will just openly just like stare at my cleavage and tits. Like, and then it's almost like they're talking to my boobs and not me as a person as well. They will just like stop addressing my face. It's really disgusting. What weirds me out is when... Guys, you're gross. A man is talking to me. She's got those big jugs out. Don't look at the big jugs. Don't look at Savannah's big jugs. It's like his eyes are really shifty. A lot of Coomer guys have shifty (laughs) eyes. Right? You know what I mean? Shifty eyes. Shifty eyes. You know what I'm talking about? Like, they're talking to you and their eyes are shifting and it's almost like because they... I don't know what they're talking about. ...want to look at your tits, but like they know they're not supposed to. So they're like, tits, look at your face. Tits, look at your face. Like, they're bouncing their eyes. (laughs) Yeah, shifty 
eyes, yeah. Have you ever seen those guys? Oh, you can't just like, yeah, but then these chicks would also be like, oh, he never broke eye contact. What a creep. <laughs> There's a teacher that was known for doing that in high school. <laughs> it would like, he would be like staring at your tits and at your face, but you could tell like he would be like, stare at her face, stare at her face. He's like mentally telling himself not to look at your tits constantly. Is that mental struggle? <laughs> oh my God. We can tell that. Should I be a pedophile? Should I not? Right. <laughs> So a lot of men who watch a lot of porn, it's just like something happens with their brain such that the way that they interact with real people and real women just gets short-circuited. It's like you can almost feel the objectification and the energy behind that objectification and the fact that they're going to go furiously masturbate. It's just so repulsive. So cut down on your porn use is the advice there. Like obviously cut it out completely is our advice and just learn to interact with women as human beings. Porn is not bringing you anything to your life. It's just making you a creep and bad at sex. And we also need to, I think like men, also need to expand on their definition of porn it's not just videos on Pornhub or x videos it's also images or if you're looking at images on either reddit like naked images or women who are scantily clad that is also porn as well and you'll still get the side effects of coomerism if you can't wait just so a model if you watch victoria's secret runway show or whatever that's porn you certainly consume that content or if you're watching quote-unquote workout videos but every single one is just like you know the thumbnails a woman squatting you know like you're staring at her ass squatting the entire time like that's yeah this episode is brought to you by our sponsors athletic greens thinking of like a fried braid in a fry by talking to them it is like they can't like have a normal conversation anymore because so much of their language is based on internet memes and so like when they're trying to interact with a person what you can shit on internet memes now what is wrong with these ladies don't know how to display real-time emotion with people yeah i'm just thinking of like a fried braid in a fry (laughs) yeah it's like their brains on drugs except it's not it's like pornhub (laughs) it's not drugs it's pornhub right i mean it acts like a drug in the brain like it has a similar effect yeah it does to point this out, there's some guys I know that have autism and so it's harder for them to make eye contact, but we're not talking about those guys, right? Because I feel like there's also a difference between not being able to make eye contact because you're struggling with like cognitive issues and then the guys that are doing it because they've burnt out their dopamine receptors. So I want to like assure the guys that are autistic. I don't, is there such a thing as guys unable to make eye contact because they've watched too much porn? I've never heard that, that in my life. If you're not also a coomer, you're probably fine. <laughs> the coomerism is what's creeping women out. So men who literally like have autism, yeah, like if you are autistic and watch porn, you're doomed, okay? Like the best thing you can do is to not watch porn, be autistic about literally anything else. That's like, like honestly, half the chat. Really cute when- Guys, don't listen to this lady. That's half of you probably. And then talk passionately about different like niche hobbies that they're into actually. Like sometimes I find that amusing and adorable. So when men are talking about literally anything else and focused completely on that thing and not on me, actually, I don't mind that. I kind of like that. So be normal. That's fine. <laughs> Yes. So I think part of it, too, is the emotional and physical incongruity behind their words and actions. Like your words and actions have to match. So that's really our next point is that a lot of men who come across creepy, their intentions don't match the energy. Their words don't match the energy or their intentions. They come across like, you know, a charlatan or salesman or a con men to women. Right. And that creeps women out. It's especially creepy when a guy, you know, say he says something like, oh, you know, let's meet for lunch to talk about business or something or like, oh, uh, let's meet up for such and such like hobby or something. But I know it's because he wants to hit on me. You know, like I almost would wish a guy would just ask me out for drinks or something. If they try to ask me out for something else, but I know it's like, oh, you know, come to my house so that, you know, I need help moving furniture immediately. No, that when guys say shit like that, like, you know, don't talk to women or invite them to be places for other things when you have different intentions. Women can sense that and it just makes you seem like you're lying. Or sometimes they can't to them to get sex which is creepy yeah which does creep a lot of women because like men think they're really slick right a lot of guys think like oh she's never gonna know especially when they like you they're trying to get to know you and they're ignoring all of your other body language signals but they're steadily trying to get you alone right like that kind of energy especially alone under other pretenses under false pretenses yeah other under pretenses yeah they're women are like immediately thinking you're some kind of rapist next yeah. item poor grooming Creep. like if you're flirting with a girl and you smell bad you're a creep 
It doesn't matter how hot Obviously. you are. If you're dirty, fuck off. Like, Go on, these are obvious ones. Don't flirt with girls if you're dirty. How many episodes do we have to do on this topic, Scroats? Wash your ass, bathe yourselves, trim your nails. Don't listen to them, Scroats. They're they're wrong about the scrotes. Scrotes are not like that. Don't have jacked up scrotes in here, not like in your essence. Up nails, your brain, brush your teeth. Your Jesus motherfucking Christ. As God is my witness, I shall not leave this earth without telling every single smelly man that he smells like ass and he needs to take a fucking shower. And also get clothes that fit as well. Like one thing I really find quite repelling and quite like my sister and I Oh, here we go. We get the anti Steve Harvey rant. Piss up all the time is when they have like plumbers cracks. It's like get clothes that fit or get a belt, like fuck's sake. Or get clothes that fit. Or when like men start sagging, like walking around Savannah, have all of yours clothes always fit? Their boxes hanging out, or like when they're standing up or sitting down and you can see like their ass crack. It's like, no. A lot of guys don't understand the difference between them and the next guy that is better with women. It's just their grooming habits. Yeah. Oh, and here's another thing. Guys, if you have like a physically demanding job, like let's say you're like, I don't know, a painter, like you work in construction or something or where you're sweating and you're dirty. And by the end of the day, you're just like covered in like mud or whatever, right? Go home immediately, shower, and then don't interact with women until you've showered, actually. Like some guys, like there have been a few times where like I'll be talking to a guy and, you know, oh, do you want to meet up for drinks after work or something? And I'm like, okay, if I'm like clean that day, I will just like go home straight after work. If I'm not, I will like go home, you know, clean myself up, shower, whatever, right? There have been times- What does it mean by clean? I swear, I'll go on a date with a guy like seven p.m. It's like long after our work days ended. I like went home after work, changed my outfit, showered, looked nice and stuff. And he was like a landscaper or a painter or something like that. And he was just like covered in mud and like just was like all disgusting. It's like, you've had like three hours to go home. You have a vehicle. Like you could have gone home and showered and cleaned yourself up and you just chose not to. So disrespectful as well. So disrespectful. It's the bare minimum. And like, I just feel wrong when I'm sitting across from a table. Like, I mean, that is, you'd think the guy would be like, yeah, I should go clean up after my long day of landscaping. From a guy where, and he looks filthy and I look cute. It just makes me feel like this feels embarrassing. Everyone can see like your standards are shit. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. It feels embarrassing to be seen in public with him, right? So clean yourself up. Don't interact with women until you've cleaned yourself up, basically. like Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market it'll be way more attractive to women because of that and make your bed and then also there's like and you know body odor it can be negative but also guys who their cologne you can literally smell them from down the street now i agree on this i hate guys who use too much cologne women is different you ever like sometimes there's just someone walks by you and you're like you're wearing so much cologne i could smell it outside that shit needs a fucking instruction manual that's a nastiest as well like yeah don't ever do it Women are sensitive to smell. This is a thing that's part of our attraction. I don't think it's studied enough or respected enough that sensory... Women are superior sensors, including sense of smell. Yeah, sense of smell is, is one of the most important attraction triggers. So if you smell bad, then you're going to repulse women and they're going to keep walking away from you. You're basically going to be like SpongeBob trying to figure out why people don't want to hang out with you and assuming it's because you're ugly. That's the funny thing about... That's the funny thing about a lot of creeps is like, sometimes they're like SpongeBob where it's like, it's really like one or two things that nobody... Oh, we're hearing about the funny thing about ...has creeps. told them yet. Like, man, your breast smells or man... Uh, your grooming's really poor. So they're walking around like, am I horribly ugly? And I have the horrible ugliness. I'm repelling everyone in my path, but it's really just like them not putting enough effort into the grooming. So really, really like, Smell really like focused shit. on that. And if you're still creeping out women after that, then listen up to the rest of this episode and the ones before. 
Oh, also, wash your ass. Because that's the other thing. A lot of guys, like, they either don't wipe or they've just got a really hairy butt crack or whatever. What guys are not wiping? Who is straight up just not wiping? Like, they just don't really, like, clean back there. And it's like, if you don't wash your ass, we can smell it. If you're walking around literally smelling, like, poop. What? No. Like, <laughs> immediately no. <laughs> we can tell. You need to get like a proper sponge as well. Like I know some men, such people, they use flannels and it's like, now sis, like my mum got me this, like I call it like a string vest, like from Nigeria. And I was like, the first time I used it, she was like, no, no, use a sponge. It's better. I was like, no, no. Like, but the first time I used it, I shit you not. Bearing in mind, I do shower at least once a day. The water was black and I moved from like a normal sponge to that sponge. Like you need to get a proper sponge that actually gets rid of the dead skin cells and not just pushes it around. A lot of the sponges that are sold, like and the flannels, they don't actually get the dead skin cells off your body, which is what you want. So you're not clean. You're just pushing the dirt around. You need to scrub your skin. Like I use this like glove in the shower that like exfoliates your skin slightly. Yes, I know the glove you talk about. Yeah. Men need that too. But you need something with a bit of... Oh, I've used that glove. That glove's actually pretty sweet. I should get one of those gloves. Call it with a bit of like grizzle scratch to it. You can get a loofah, you can get a body brush, you can get a salt scrub. But these flannels are not clean and shit. Like, they're not, yeah, they're not fit for purpose if you want to be clean. And get a wash rag and moisten that shit up. Put some soap on it and really get in that ass crack, homie. Yeah, just get in <laughs> that ass day, crack, homie. Every day. <laughs> every time you take a shit, it should be spotless after, okay? Not That's every day, thing. multiple times a day. It should be spotless, yeah. Spotless. Make sure that asshole is whistle clean. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Next point odd bodily functions. These ones I feel a little bit bad for because I know guys can't always help, but the guys that have like excessive sweaty palms, the, the ones that, like, you know what I mean? He like touches something and it leaves a handprint. <laughs> yeah, they have IBS. So then like their stomach's constantly making noises. This is one of those times where it's where I know I feel a little bit bad about this one, but it's true. Like it just unfortunately does turn a lot of people off. Like it's not a problem if, you know, if you're just trying to be a casual acquaintance coworker, but if you're trying to attract a woman, like you should definitely go try to see a doctor and figure out what's happening. Like the sweaty palms might be fine. I mean, overly sweating is, yeah, not the most attractive as long as you're not like you know uncontrollable sweating through your shirt like every day but even if you are you know once again it's probably better to get checked out by a doctor and get it taken care of yeah is it a hormonal issue or like what is you know what is going on like you're not wearing deodorant if you're sweating through your shirt every day you know maybe i don't know is it a temperature thing like maybe you're too hot like it just maybe yeah, if you have like constant like fat there's some guys that like part of it's just their terrible diet right so they eat terribly, so they're always out of breath. They're always sweating, but then they have to go to the bathroom and they're constantly using the bathroom. Their stomach's always making noises because they eat like shit. Like, watch what you eat because your smell does come out of your pores, right? So, like, eat a healthy diet with, like, fruits and vegetables and protein. I mean, guys usually don't struggle to get protein, but, like, I don't know. Try to avoid, like, having a... I don't know, guys that just eat, like, a fuck ton of garbage. I don't even... So, this is... I'm just realizing, like, this. so this episode's for the guys... What the four guys? Or like, are there guys? And it's just like the most basic advice. Why would guys listen to them about dating advice? Just like sometimes I smell a guy and I'm like, I can tell he eats a lot. Not talking about the guys who are listening right now because then but... again, I also eat garlic, but I don't apparently don't smell bad. So I don't know. Some people are more. Oh, I apparently don't smell bad. Like all the guys who are trying to fuck me say I don't smell bad. What you know, else? they transmit the odors that they eat more than others. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I think there's certain foods like that for people. For me, for whatever reason, it's shrimp. Maybe I don't, no one's ever told me I smell like shrimp, but like when I eat shrimp, I feel like I smell like shrimp. I don't know how to explain it. So 
maybe, you know, everyone's diet is different, right? How people's bodies respond to their diet is different. I think it's a good investment to go in and figure out what kind of foods you can eat tolerably and not, you know, create massive offensive odors to everyone around you. Eat things that smell good, that have nice terpenes in them, that hopefully that'll get into your sweat. You know, I don't know, eat more lavender or rosemary or something. I don't know. Maybe what if like you eat so much of certain things that you start to smell like that thing? Like what if the guy just, I want to smell amazing. So I'm just gonna eat a ton of like rosemary and lavender. Women love that shit. Okay. I want to do a science experiment, actually. There's any, anyone listening to this episode who's like a researcher. You're not going to smell like fucking potpourri if you eat it. What are you talking about? Of some kind. Can you please conduct a study where like, about like eating foods with certain smells, does that make you smell like that food? Is there any studies on that? I don't know. I, I... Well, there's some things that definitely make your pee smell. Someone take your fucking mic away. Like asparagus makes it smell. Sulfur compounds, like asparagus, right? I mean, I have actually read that you do end up smelling, you know, like your dog. Please like the stream. I'll give away a channel membership at 100 likes, everybody. Like the stream. This is why if you're from a culture that eats quite aromatic foods like garlic, curry, ginger and stuff like that, you can actually start to smell like that. And also it gets like in the environment as well. So like when people come to visit my parents, I always say, oh my gosh, I can smell food all the time. If you're in that and you're eating that sort of food, it can come out in your pores as well. Like that's an actual thing. Mm, okay okay mm. in your sweat as well yeah so what if men decide to like game the system by just like eating a fuck like i smelled a guy who had like rosemary or like pine kind of like smell you know that like fresh kind of smell like if it's in his cologne obviously then that's one thing but if that was actually just coming out of his pores i feel like that would be a like, crazy attractive to me or like a lot of citrus for example <laughs> if you smell pine fresh you smell pine fresh <laughs> <laughs> like turpentine <laughs> like <laughs> anyways <laughs> We didn't run an experiment and have men like eat different diets so we can see which diet is most attractive to women. I don't know, because I've dated guys that, that do eat a lot of like fragrant foods. I don't know if it's just the diet that their problem is. I think it's the diet plus the lack of exercise plus the lack of grooming, right? So if you do come from a culture where you eat a lot of curry and stuff like that, I haven't noticed. If you have good hygiene, I don't have a, yeah, I've noticed a problem with that. Like, yeah, I haven't noticed it be like that big of a, a turnoff. So don't feel like, oh, I like, you know, you can't eat whatever your natural diet is. If, as long as it's healthy, obviously, but just if you're not taking care of the other things, that's going to compound it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Next item, talking at women instead of to women. Mm-hmm. We all know this feeling of a man who's talking at you and not to you. What does it mean? It means he's got a script in his head and he's going off on a tangent. Either he's trying to attract you or he's just ranting about whatever's going on in his head that day because men love to go on these like self-righteous tangents. And he doesn't even stop to pause to breathe to talk to the woman to make sure you're actually having a conversational interaction rather than him just like plowing through whatever idea he has in his head. Yeah, this is a huge turnoff. And it also... Yeah, it's like, read the fucking room. Like, there's been a few guys recently who will just, like, talk to me about something like, say, like, crypto or, I don't know, something finance or whatever. Like, and I'm just the sort of person I don't really want to talk about finances or money unless it's in the context of a man spending his money on me. But the rest of the time, I don't want to talk about money. But the guy will just be talking and talking and talking and, like, not picking up on the body language that I'm giving off, which is that I'm bored and I don't want to talk about this. And he's just treating me like a wall or, like, you know, an inanimate object. For I mean, just... guys just, I don't know, sometimes they're, they don't have similar things that they're in common, so then they're just trying to make conversation or his huh? rant into yeah and it's not so bad if you're talking about it in a way that's exciting right because sometimes people can get inspired if you're talking about something that you're really interested in but i think what happens with a lot of these guys is that most of the time it's like it's very ranty preachy mansplainy right instead of like oh you know if you're really passionate about something i don't know what it is about the ranty guys but it's rarely ever like oh i'm really ranty into guys. marvel comics and have you seen this and have you seen that it's always like marvel comics is superior to dc and here's why right and then they Very, just go off on this yeah, it's called an expert lady no they're just you know. that like makes women just like their eyes glaze over and they're like okay this guy's just gonna spend another hour talking about some obsessive thing i already don't care about but he's gonna talk about it in a way that's hostile and boring right so that's actually very important i mean point. if you get out of day those guys are like uh star trek next generation was actually the superior and you're like oh god 
because like the way that you talk about something that you're passionate about can really create a different vibe and like yeah if a guy's talking about something he's passionate about in a way that's like if he's framing it in a way of like and here's why i should care about it too kind of thing you know that's better than like him just going off on a self-righteous rant and not gluing into i could be like any person you know like he's not like you know he's treating women like a sort of npc for him to just like talk at and not a real like human being he's, it's not engaging you know like if he's talking about it in a way that's like making me give a shit that's like more inspiring that shows like an ability to like leadership potential yeah exactly being a good leader is about like motivating and inspiring people if he's like talking about it in a way that i find uninspiring i'm like oh like scrub <laughs> you know yeah or this is what happens to the pickup artist guys and why so often they come across as creepy is because they generally have a script right and so you can see them almost running through the script in their head and then running roughshod over all of the context clues that women are giving them right because communication is both verbal and nonverbal, and the men that are consistently rated as creepy always fail the nonverbal stuff and they always fail to understand when their audience is not responding properly right and sometimes they do pick it up and then their response to that is to be hostile to the audience yes right yes. Like, women don't understand. that's even worse and that makes it even more creepy yeah i once mm. actually had a housemate he was like that he would go off on the most boring tangents and even when i was rolling my eyes sighing like not responding he would just talk for like one or two hours like just straight and he could see i was not interested i'm like what the fuck and no but i want to talk what about the guys that like lash out because that's actually sadly i've experienced that a lot and it triggers me deeply where like a guy's talking about something i don't care about i'm already bored i'm already rolling my eyes blah blah, blah. and then he's like why aren't you paying attention why blah, blah, blah. oh you think that women don't understand you know like whatever right and that just makes me feel like i'm in danger that just like actively that i was already bored unengaged and that it goes from being bored to being like actively repelled yeah but even like i'm sure like his goose was cooked before then because he wants to date a guy who bores you to death or who is okay with not engaging you in conversation because it's not even about the fact that they're boring it's just the fact that it's a clear disregard for your feelings engagement and comfort it's another thing as well and i think that's the theme with a lot of these you know with a lot of these points that we're pointing out in terms of what makes men creepy is that it's not just the creepy act or creepy feature itself it's also the things that it can represent that's like that makes it worse if that makes sense like, what does that say about him as a person and his character? Like, women are picking up on that. Yeah, if he's okay with you being bored, yeah. If he's okay with not engaging you in a conversation, yeah, it just really says a lot about, you know, how... Oh, you're, like, on a first date, and you're, like, not getting along. I don't know. That's the thing is, it's funny, because they had that episode where they're talking about, like, never going on a coffee date or whatever, like, you only go for dinner, and then you're, like, but you're locked in with that person for, like, an hour, hour and a half. It could be miserable. Like, all these comics i know female comics like they always are like yeah i just want to go you know have a coffee or a drink because you can get out of there in fucking 20 minutes if you need to he's easy was a person and how he expects you to fit into his life and it's not positive picture either brings us to our next point men who are clueless about reading body language like i said before communication is both verbal and nonverbal. where men mess up every time and most often is their inability or unwillingness to pick up on nonverbal communication from women and a lot of communication from women is nonverbal because verbally expressing how we feel is usually met with resistance and sometimes violence. I see a lot on the internet or on the manosphere, like, oh, women don't communicate to men. And like, how are we supposed to know? And like, we are communicating to you, but it's nonverbal communication. And the reason why is because we're socially conditioned to for our own safety. Yeah. I actually find it really attractive when a man reads my body language and responds in an appropriate way. Like that's something mentally I'll be like, plus one, like he gets a point for that kind of thing. I'm going to tell you one of the best dates I ever went on. Fortunately, there wasn't a ton of chemistry there, so we didn't end up being in a relationship. But oh, I was bad. nervous, right? I had actually gone out with a guy who was a firefighter. So he's a much, much taller, like really stacked gentleman, right? And I didn't know him. And I went on a date with him. And I was like 
texting my phone, making sure to text some of my friends to make sure, you know, they know where I am at all times. This is a new guy, right? And he's like, like not even just a new guy, but a large, drunk guy. <laughs> that I would be kind of scared. He's a firefighter and you're still like thinking this guy's going to murder okay. you. Huh? But one of the things he texted me the next day and he was like, you know, I read something about, I could see you were kind of uncomfortable. It seemed at times during the date. And I read about, he sent me an article and he's like, I read something about like a lot of times women being nervous on first dates and especially with guys they don't know. And like, he basically like affirmed how I was feeling. And I was like, wow, that's a guy who paid attention and adjusted himself to the fact that I, he could see I was a bit more physically uncomfortable with the date, right? So that is like emotional intelligence, adjusting like your expectations, like reading the nonverbal communication in addition to the verbal communication. Because again, I just met him, so I didn't want to tell him like, well, I'm just texting my friends to make sure you're not a serial killer. <laughs> Right. Like I didn't want to tip him off, but it looks like he learned and understood. Right. Without too much prompting for me, but just like letting me know that he understood that. So I thought that was really, really disarming the way that he explained it to me. And something like that just goes such a long way when you're communicating with women. Yeah. Like it's really attractive when men can read the room. That sort of thing shows emotional intelligence, which makes me trust him more. And so for another one would be like, you know, if I'm in a situation, like say I'm walking alone at night. All right. Work on your EQ, guys, I guess. I mean, it is a good thing to there's a guy walking behind me sometimes i'll like slow down a little bit on purpose because i want him to pass me and then he passes me and then like that made me feel less creeped out that made me feel more safe if he walks past me and keeps going right if i slow down and he slows down too to keep pace with me that immediately sets off my fight or flight reflexes i'm thinking like holy shit am i gonna have to fucking fight this guy like what am i you know immediately I mean, that is a weird thing to do yeah. and like feeling like i'm in danger right so just little things like that like that show that men can do to show the women around them non-verbally that you know that maybe she's uncomfortable but you don't want her to feel uncomfortable that sort of thing will make a woman trust you a lot more well, yes i, I can't overemphasize what lilith just said i think that's a perfect example the one that you gave about when you're walking that a lot of men who aren't creeps know that when women are slowing down because they want you to walk ahead of them they know it right whereas versus the creeps are like and in fact i've gotten a man actually yelled at me once believe it or not because i stopped in my tracks when he was trying to talk to me like and i opened up space between us and it was just some random strange man but i think he was offended because he felt like oh she doesn't want to talk to me and actually i want to say the flip side of that is it's actually very disarming when the guy notices that I'm uncomfortable and it gives a sort of like he like puts his hands up or something and step takes a step back or offers some kind of like neutral body language or like non-threatening non-intimidating kind of body this is on a date she's talking language about? that like makes me trust him more that makes me think oh, okay like he's gonna create some space he understands I might be uncomfortable and he's like making an effort to not be like that right so don't take it personally don't be more threatening if a woman is making indications that she feels unsafe it means that the guy like gets it right it's always the predatory guys that like or think they're entitled to women's attention that get angry about it, right? The guys that are not predatory are the ones who like get it. Maybe they have like a wife, daughter, sister, whatever, right? Like they feel some like empathy or compassion for women. They don't want you to feel uncomfortable. It's the guys who are okay with women being uncomfortable, the ones that women get creeped out by. Yeah. Okay. Next one, edgelord behavior. Men that just like to test boundaries just to test boundaries, habitual line steppers, creepy. Yeah. Many can't take no for an answer. It's just, yeah, it's creepy. Especially if he is like, oh, yeah, I'm just brutally honest or like, oh, I just have a dark sense of humor or like if he's just has a guy, I feel like they're really just targeting a lot of the listeners of this uh, show today. It feels like that repellent personality, but he acts like that's everyone else's fault for not putting up with that. That's another like, ew, immediate. No, women are just too sensitive these days. Like that kind of shit. Fuck off. <laughs> sort of ties into hostile energy as well, I think. Yeah. So edgelord behavior, the type of behavior where they're constantly trying to test your boundaries Women can sense that, right? A lot of men think that they're they're slick and they're not, right? Like you're clearly trying to see like how much, like, most of the times it's abuse you'll tolerate or lies you'll tolerate. That kind of edgelord behavior starts to creep women out because once again, you're not interacting with women, you're interacting at women. Like you're treating them like a science experiment with a bunch of stimuli you're trying to throw at women to figure out if it works or that you can get your way. Generally repels women. And our final point, a general sense of hostileness, hostile energy. Some guys just walk around angry and- Yeah, obviously that's for anybody. Don't be angry all the no, time. No, no, man. Pray, find Jesus. Go to an ashram, 
eat, pray, love, figure out a way to let that go. <laughs> go to therapy. Go to therapy. Because that's another thing that tends to creep them out. Because like, obviously, like angry men are violent men, right? So we can tell when your body's tense and you're just not like interacting in a positive way with the world. And it's very hard to explain to men who are like that because they think they're not creepy on, they're already defensive, right? They're already angry. And they think they're not being creepy on the outside. Like, I didn't even say nothing to you and I didn't even do anything. But like, it's like their entire countenance is so angry inside. It sets off women's fight or guys, flight. don't be angry. I know guys Ladies, like this. Don't be angry I know a lot of guys like this actually, where there's guys like this in my family, where they just stomp around they're slamming doors they're like you know if they try to have depression use a machine and if it doesn't work immediately they just throw it on the ground like that kind of shit i don't want to interact with men like that i'm terrified of men like that because you just think oh if i uh the medical term for that is a grumpy gus say one wrong thing you know say for example he's trying to use a tool and it doesn't work he throws it on the ground i'm thinking what if i interact with him and i don't give him the answer that he wants and he like is violent with me or something right we're seeing what you're capable of doing to an inanimate object and if you already think of women like objects we think that you're capable of doing that to us and oh that makes us God. want to avoid you Exactly. It's very terrifying. A man who seems like he's on the brink of sanity or a brink of an explosive tantrum. Yeah, like he's just having a bad day and he's looking like for a reason to go about off. Me. Like, yeah, we avoid men like that. So if, if guys are like storming around like, why are women avoiding me? Why don't women talk to me? I'm just trying my conversation. Why don't they respond to me? Like that just, you know, chill the fuck out. Like this whole chill episode everybody. could be just summarized as like, don't have an aggressive, hostile or intimidating or threatening energy. Don't act like a predator. Act like a friend. Like act friendly. <laughs> be appealing and fun to be around it's that simple <laughs> it's not that hard <laughs> yeah just my quick fire as well so other things that are creepy to me is text me for the sake of texting so you know when they just text you and they've got nothing to say i just feel like you're trying to monopolize my time and actually the abusive relationships that i've been in it always started that way they would just text me for the sake of texting paying excessive compliments especially when they're unwarranted paying excessive compliments is now bad gentlemen so saying i'm really amazing i'm really smart or whatever i mean firstly i know that's true already i know that. <laughs> yeah exactly i already know that but secondly i know it's disingenuous because you don't know me that well and finally talking about other women they've been with i don't know how men think that that women are as if like we talk about like the men that we've been with and do like sex by referral but it's really off-putting when a guy's talking about other women that he's like shagged or slept with almost in a way that is shagged. like it's almost like an advert yeah he comes across like a salesman right like four out of five dentists agree <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and he's also like telling on himself because if it was that fantastic then where are they like they wouldn't be your ex like they're your ex for a reason so it's sort of like you're telling on yourself big dick energy is quiet right it's quiet confidence Ugh. like the guys who were trying to convince him in like used car salesman small dick energy gentlemen and it's creepy it's creepy and it's not attractive so Oh, I had one last thing, like sort of to add on to what Savannah was saying about the compliments thing. Like all this episode, I've been saying, oh, these are things that men do to make me feel like they're not a danger to me. There are guys who almost take it too far where it's like they're putting so much of an effort to put me at ease that that puts me at dis-ease. Like, and one of them is like, yeah, empty flattery. I know because I use flattery on men all the time to like get them to yeah, do shit for me. And so oh I know that God, men this... do that to women too, of like using compliments and flattery and manipulation. Like, yeah, or basically like anything that's like an early red flag of emotional manipulation. That's another thing that sets me off. Yes. So don't do all the things we just mentioned and <laughs> don't do so much of them that you creep women out. Hope that was not confusing at all. All right. A lot of conflicting uh, things. Generally, you think you're supposed to be flattering women. No, nope. just completely change who you are as a person from the inside and out. <laughs> Easy. I don't know. Yeah. So Chris yeah. says, how do I do this every week? I don't know. This man. is what it takes to get a woman. Okay. So we're trying to help you out here. Yeah. Roll up your sleeves and get to work, lads. I'm yeah, like autistic about finishing this. Work, scrotes. Okay. So that's the show. Check out our website at the female. Kill me. Um. All right. That was episode 81 of the female dating strategy podcast. Honestly, you're like, why do I do this every week? Because people keep coming back to watch and listen. Why are you all doing this? What are we doing? Uh, that was episode 81. Everybody. 
Uh, please uh, like the stream if you're watching it live. Shout out to everybody watching over on Rumble. We have, we have a bunch of people over there watching on Rumble. Shout out to you uh, over there. Appreciate you all. Go sign up for my locals if you're over there. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to episode 82. I don't know if Rumble has polls yet where we can vote, but I will put a poll on to skip uh, episode 82 titled Don't Fall for Hobosexual Sob Stories. Uh, let's let's get into it. And as always, on 1.25 speed. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. All right, so today's episode, we're going to talk about hobosexuals. <laughs> and also, hobosexuals in the context of the larger homelessness problem, because there was some discussion on our Twitter accounts in the past week, or at least, I don't know, Lilith, you actually explain what happened between Lilith. a very prominent Twitter user who talked about her experience with homeless men, and then there became like a huge blow up on Twitter about just how sorry should we feel for transient homeless men. Yeah, so the context of this discussion or the events leading us to make this episode, basically. So last week on Twitter, one of my Twitter mutuals, Planet of Jaw, she tweeted, I hate homeless men. I don't give a fuck. I was just in Dunkin' Donuts. And when I went up to order, some homeless man came up asking me to buy him some food. And when he saw I wasn't going to do that, he got mad angry and literally put his hands in my face and pushed my head. Bro, when I tell you, I saw red. And then she has a whole thread basically explaining that she later gave money to a homeless woman and that that guy got really, really angry. And she got hugely dogpiled. At the time that I took a screenshot, it was... Yeah, yeah, uh, your I hate homeless men thing is not going to do great on Twitter. Almost 1,300 quote tweets. She had almost 4,000 likes, though, so that's pretty good. Not a bad ratio. <laughs> not a terrible ratio. But yeah, a lot of people on Twitter were hating her for it. And, you know, we're going into her history, trying to dox her, you know, posting pictures of her face, like adding her to lists like people I'm going to rob, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Really like, you know, Twitter harassment, right? And I posted a tweet, you know, saying that she was based for posting this, basically. And she went on private, basically, to avoid getting harassed on Twitter. We wanted to based talk about how she made a few good points. Posting that I hate homeless men? Basically. Points were made. These chicks are fucking evil. Points were made. Yeah, exactly. She wasn't wrong. She didn't lie. I was actually quite surprised by the backlash to that tweet and just how many people, including people who haven't had much interaction with homeless men, were just blindly defending, like, not just the homeless man, but homeless men in general. And I just think it's such a nuanced and complex discussion that I wasn't really seeing on Twitter. Savannah got a new microphone? And anybody who, like myself, like even that. suggested that actually there's an other side to it, they would just, you know, call a nasty person, you shouldn't be working with them. I was like, well, yeah, I know, that's why I quit. And I've been so much happier ever since I quit. <laughs> but like, that's not like an L, like, I got out of it, so... The homelessness conversation is the last bastion of male victimhood, right? Like that's the place where they most often claim that they're the most victimized and use as evidence that men are discriminated against in society. And I think this episode, we're going to try to dismantle a lot of that false information about like why some men end up homeless. And then like the idea that they are the victims in the situation and therefore like above criticism on their behavior, which I think what Planet of Jaw was trying to discuss is saying that like, listen, a lot of them are violent. A lot of them are dangerous. And it's a completely different ballpark of pathologies when you're dealing with homeless men versus homeless homeless women yeah i mean for sure it's like a ratio of what i don't know thousand to one hundred percent and i want to point out the very interesting linguistic sleight of hand that was being played here where she said she didn't like homeless men and every single person who was hating on her was saying like oh you hate the homeless you hate homeless people <laughs> she goes no i don't hate the homeless i hate homeless men i want to say that i only give money to homeless women i never use cash except I carry 20s in my wallet to give out to sad looking homeless women because I just want her to have some money and like that she doesn't have to prostitute herself for it, right? Like a lot of women living on the streets do have to 
unfortunately, you know, do really fucked up dangerous things to get money, right? A lot of men sexually exploit them, sadly. And this is a completely different ballpark. Like homeless women are nowhere near as much of a threat to women as homeless men. Homeless men are a danger to, you know, it's not a class-based thing. Like even if you're wealthy, you could just be running down the street or something and some homeless man could attack you. And that's an area of like male privilege, not male victimhood, in my opinion. Right. A lot of crimes are committed by men who are usually described as transient, right? Especially the smash and grab sex crimes are like the, in fact, there was like just a huge case in the news recently, because I think one woman who was a daughter of someone who was extremely wealthy in the United States, like she was jogging, she was, yeah, she was abducted and murdered by a homeless person. So there's just a lot of, there's just like a massive difference in why some of these men end up on the fringes of society. And it's not all because, you know, they're down in their luck. Like some of them are legit sociopaths and triad addicts and people that for whatever reason, we can't effectively integrate in society because they are too mentally and emotionally unwell hashtag not all homeless men or and or dangerous yeah but there's definitely i wanted to touch on the like systemic issues as well because they are definitely present you know things you know such as being in care at a young age you know lack of opportunities access you know to jobs to education these can all be systemic factors and especially in the uk as well our benefit system or our welfare system as you americans say i guess i'm trying to say for some people it doesn't actually they earn more money on benefits by not working than actually being in work so for example at the hostel i worked at if they didn't have a job they would get their food everything you know paid for by the state whereas if they then got a job they would then have to pay like 1500 pounds a month for a room in a shithole so it's like if i was in that situation i just wouldn't work because if i can get a shithole for free why would I pay for it? <laughs> like fifteen hundred pounds a month, and that was like three times my rent when I was like, living in the area as well. So, and I don't actually blame them for choosing not to work or for working, you know, cash in hand, so they avoided the tax man because it made more economic sense for them to just not work if they then had to pay fifteen hundred pounds out of their wages, which it wasn't like they were earning like loads and loads of money because oftentimes a lot of them were just in menial jobs or they weren't earning loads of money. So I can see why they would do that then and just decide not to work. And in a way, in that sense, the system then just sets them up to fail because if you then get comfortable not working. the longer you're out of work it becomes more difficult to get back into work and then you become trapped in the poverty cycle because the benefit system it will never pay enough for you to have a life it will just pay for you to survive in a lot of cases yeah and this is a bit different than the united states which is very state by state when it comes to quote-unquote benefits and generally is focused on single mothers Uh, there's not as many eligible benefits for single unattached men for able-bodied men yeah Good. I'm glad they don't get any benefits. <laughs> well, okay. So this is why it becomes I mean, like generally so much- they have mental issues. Like they might be able-bodied, yes, but they're they can have some problems with the brain, you know. Controversial because of the fact that we don't have nearly as strong as a social safety net as parts of Europe, right? So when we talk about who all is in the homeless, there's poor, right? But then there's also a lot of people who are mentally ill that we don't have uh, public services for them to attend. People who are drug addicts that they can't necessarily afford rehab because we don't necessarily add all those things as a public service either. So sometimes it's a little bit tough to have this conversation, especially with people who are like big homeless advocates, et cetera, because we really don't have a lot of options, even for people who maybe in good faith that don't want to be transient anymore. But that's not the, but that's not the entire story because the people that are just more or less poor, especially single able-bodied men who are just poor and they don't have like some kind of mental or emotional issues such that like they scare people away and or like have alienated the people around them. They tend not to be transient or homeless nearly as long as these other group of men who have like serious biological problems but then you also have to be worried about them somewhat because like i feel like that demographic of like the sane enough to talk to women but not insane enough to be a permanent transient person like that's the hobosexual population those are the men that are trying to like talk to you and like sweet talk their way into your situation right so and you'll find a lot of guys who got out of jail who are in that population too so you have a lot of men who went to jail for some crime it's hard
harder for men who come out of jail to get apartments, to get jobs, to get benefits, et cetera. So like they then need to like either live usually in their car or someplace where they have relatives, or if they don't have anything like that, they'll have to rely on women to support them. And quite literally, if you go on YouTube and listen to interviews with these like ex-cons and stuff, and like a lot of them just straight up say that like, oh, they just start pen pal relationships with overweight women while they're in jail. Mm, so they have a strategy. place to go. Or older women, like, so they have a place to go when they come out of jail. So that population of homeless men, that's like the homosexual one. And once again, since they're ex-cons, and if it's anything other than like some of the unfair draconian drug laws in the United States, which again, which is why people feel bad for them, because some people went to jail for 10 years for like small amounts of marijuana. So... There's that population and they chicks are just talking circles are kind of right predatory now. on women because they can at least talk to women like a normal person. But then there's the other ones that are just they're too far gone to be integrated in society in any type of easy, feasible way. Yeah. Even within like the homeless hostels, you always had like the men because there wasn't very many women. Um, but I remember there was one lady. She was always she just always had money. Like she her rent was always paid on time. I know that's a low bar to set, but she was actually in credit on her rent account. She always had money. And there was this ex-con who was like 30 years younger than her and started a relationship with her and basically just to get her money basically so even in these hostel situations okay, but she got <laughs> something too. Happened as well i hate stories about hot young piece of ass men being mooches on women because these men don't even treat these women. yeah it's women who should be mooching from men and very well a lot of the time these men are like go after a woman that they consider like that society might deem like undesirable yeah like so you know maybe overweight maybe she's like older than him or something like that and you know they'll get in this relationship and if she ever tries to assert a boundary or something he'll be like well no other man would want you like i'm the only man who wants you that kind of stuff and like manipulating her abandonment issues shit like that right like i see that sort of thing play out all the time and it just makes me so angry and it makes it really hard for me to feel compassion for these men because i know that if they had an opportunity to exploit a woman it almost doesn't matter to me if this man is exploited i know that if he had a chance he would exploit a woman and so i just need to cut off my ability to feel compassion for them because they manipulate that compassion yeah and like what was like doubly sad about this particular situation and i guess it goes back to you know pick meism and the homeless population pick me is that the in this situation she would actually risk her own tenancy to help this guy out so when he got evicted due to like not paying his rent and you know starting a fight that he lost by the way it was actually hilarious he picked a fight with some with another man who was smaller than him and he basically got beat the shit out of and i remember watching that is hilarious that is i remember watching the cctv back with my colleagues and we were all just pissing ourselves he started the fight, lost and got kicked out. And it was just like multiple L's in the same day. So after he got kicked out, and it was always the smaller guys, actually. They could scrap. Like, they were, like, the most vicious scrappers. Like, the guys who were, like, 5'6". Like, I mean, they would be beating the shit out of guys who were, like, 6'4", 220 pounds. Like, really beating the shit out of them. Yeah, because larger guys just think that they can go around being untrained and, like, they rely on their size. They, like, rely on their size to, like, oh, yeah, I could win a fight. Like, they've, like, watched so many karate movies or whatever. Yeah, I could just, like, karate chop his head off, whatever. Yeah, their size. But honestly, it's the smaller guys who were the most vicious. Like, they were... They gotta work on their skills. <laughs> yeah, on, like, one occasion, there was a guy who was, like, six foot four. Again, he got the shit, like, kicked out of him. But, like, a guy who was, like, five foot five. And the guy kept saying, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. And I was so tempted to say, mate, he almost killed you. So you're not killing anybody because he nearly killed you. But yeah, so and she then... would, that's this lady. She would like risk her tenancy by sneaking him in. She would sneak him out food. And it's yeah, like, but she guy... was getting something out of that. She was getting some of that sweet, sweet companionship. I would never do that for you. Like if she had been evicted, that would be like, you just forget about her. And so you see that sort of, you know, pick me dynamic as well within homeless women where they would risk, you know, losing, you know, their shelter for a guy who would not do the same for them. Yeah, again, that's a very important reminder. Like, and I think all women need to be reminded of this. Like, whenever you have that feeling of like, oh, this guy is struggling. I should do something nice for him. I should like save him from himself or whatever. He would not do the same for you. Yeah. And again, men are actually in a lot of ways resentful of women who caretake them because they know that it makes them less respectable in the eyes of others. Right. This is another Barbara the Builder situation that if they had other options and as soon as they do have other options, they're likely to take it. So onto the actual tea. 
Women do that too. About homeless men, that because one thing I noticed in the discourse on Twitter was that the people that get to the shitting on homeless men were coming down God. Like, like Lilith and Jar the loudest. From what they were saying, I could tell they hadn't had much experience directly with homeless men. And as a result, they developed a sort of romanticized view of them so that, oh, they're traumatized. They can't help it. They just need understanding and support. You know, we should all be understanding of this. Well, they just think that's what they would think about homeless women. So they go, well, trauma. Why don't you just vote to solve poverty first? You know, that's why they, you know, treat people like shit when the reality is it's not that straightforward. I worked with on the front line with homeless people for two years. I served and I recently came out of it. I would never go back. because but it was also a really good experience and it really shifted like my own views on homelessness because before i started the job i thought the same i just thought yeah these people just need you know shelter understanding and support and they'll be fine but the reality is it's it's a lot more complex you have the interplay of the systemic issues so things like them having a criminal record things like them being homeless since the age of 10 uh things like you know many of them were subjected to horrific abuse in childhood and adulthood one like resident he couldn't work with men because he'd been abused by men. So he was literally scared of men, even though he was a man himself. It was really, really sad. So only women could deal with him because he'd been traumatized that much that he just wouldn't deal with men in any capacity. And when there was one of my colleagues was a man and tried to calm him down, he just freaked the fuck out. Like he actually punched him in the face like numerous times, I guess like self-defense because he was just like, you're a man. Like, so that was really bad. And you also have their individual choices. Now, when I say that men have been made homeless due to their own personal choices, that's not the same as me saying they deserve to be homeless. But in the real world, actions have consequences. So if you are a dick to your family members and they throw you out of the house, then you'll be homeless. If you commit a crime and you go to prison and you come out, you're likely to be homeless. If you break the rules of the hostel, which they all knew about and they signed up to, you will be homeless. If you're depending on a woman to pay your rent and you abuse her. If you're depending on a woman to pay your rent, but then you abuse her, you might be homeless. Kicks you out, then you'll be homeless. You'll be homeless. But yeah, so (laughs) there's that complex interplay and this whole idea that, like Vro said at the top of the episode, that homeless men are just beyond criticism. Like, There's a lot to criticize there (laughs) in terms of how they carry themselves, the choices that they make, because unfortunately, they are not only destructive to themselves, but they can also be destructive to other people. And, you know, yes, you know, many of them have been subjected to horrific trauma, whether that was on the front line in a war or in abuse they were subjected to in childhood or adulthood, but that doesn't give them a pass to go ahead and abuse other people. I keep coming back to what Lindy Bancroft said about abusive men and people who resort to abusive tactics in the sense that, you know, they do it because they can get away with it. And that was my experience as well. So literally at the hostel, they didn't really mess with me that much because I wasn't out to be their friend and I made that quite clear. Like I would say no to them quite often and stick up for myself, but they would try to manipulate and push boundaries with other members of staff because they knew that they would get away with it sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? And so, you know, they know what they're doing. It's not down to trauma. It's not down to, you know, them not knowing any better you know some of them are really really skilled manipulators and liars as well like they would you know you'd go into their room it would be full of smoke and they would say i wasn't smoking in my room it's like you can literally like the room is full of smoke and then they would just try and bullshit you and it's just stuff like that and the turnover rate in these hostels is ridiculously high because people go in with the best of intentions like nobody you know would sign up to work in someone like a hostel just to be a dickhead because the pay is not that great the hours aren't great so people genuinely want to help but it got to a point where at the hostel i worked at it was either people lasting you know, they for less suck. Than months or they were there for 10 years because people would just they would just churn people out so quickly and it was a combination of the low pay the long hours but also the way they were treated by a lot of the residents it was an abusive environment basically and me personally i only realized how abusive it was when i came out of it and i moved into a different role where i'm working with men who've got money and who have jobs (laughs) and the way i'm treated is totally different like i now realize like when you know guys on twitter say i'll stay with a man build him you know well in my experience obviously i'm not saying every guy who has money is a saying that's not true but in my experience anyway the guys who have like 
money and who are well-adjusted, have jobs, they've treated me way better on average than the guys who don't have that. Yeah, so they're really polite, really respectful. And even when they have a reason to fly off the handle, so let's say something in their apartment is broken or they're having a hot water, they communicate in a very, very respectful way. Whereas at the hostel, like you get some, I don't even know what she's saying right now. The people who's... What? The male residents calling you a cunt because they didn't like what was served for dinner and it was free. So it's just... But yeah, it was a very character-building experience. That's a very diplomatic way to put it, a very character-building experience. It was, and I just feel like all the people saying, like, and here's the thing, a lot of people say, like, you don't know why they're homeless, like, they're harmless. I was like, well, I do know how dangerous they are because every resident who came in, they have a risk assessment, which is basically an outline of their background. So if they've gone to prison, if they have any mental health difficulties, relationships with family, like, every resident had one. And it would normally be about 10 pages because you would see the usual. So they'd be diagnosed with depression, anxiety. They maybe did a couple of stints in prison. Some of them did, like, I remember one did, like, 30 different stretches of time in prison. But he was actually one of the oh. nicer residents. I actually quite liked him. Ah, interesting. Well. That's a fun story actually um <laughs> but i remember one time just before i left the hostel there was a resident his risk assessment was 75 pages long he had committed every i think he'd even done a 10 this is gonna be a 55 minute podcast about just how homeless people might be dangerous did murder but short of actually like someone ending up dead because of him he'd committed every crime you could think of if you think about the average thesis that's longer than a thesis that was how long his rap sheet was and i was just reading it in disbelief that they could allow someone so dangerous Oh, wait, he was a staff member, not a resident? No, 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 he was a resident. Okay, okay. So, but the thing is, like, we would have to manage that risk. And the thing is, we weren't trained in things like security or we don't have guns like they do in the US. So, I mean, so they literally had to hire an extra security guard just for him to literally follow him around because majority of his offences were sexual offences towards women. And just as I was leaving, I heard murmurs of him, like, sexually harassing the staff members <laughs> as well. Oh and there was a lot of sex offenders in there, like, paedophiles. I'm talking, like, straight up paedophiles, like the Carl Anderson and open pedophiles like that was a guy who was quite old he was really sweet really really nice in the states that's actually a huge portion of the population of homeless people because depending on the state they can't live within yeah, the war veterans too a certain amount of miles of where there are children of children yeah it's, it's the same in the uk like they're restricted in terms of their movements but there was one he had like i actually heard something about canada where this is actually true where they would have these weird like essentially pedophile camps because it was the only place they were allowed to live was it a hundred thousand files of category a child porn which is like the worst one you can imagine and he was banned from the internet wait he got banned from the internet how does one person get banned from using the internet because he had like a hundred thousand files of the worst kind of child porn you can imagine like how do they enforce that can he just like buy a phone get a sim card like no i think they have a way to track it you can actually it's an actual like punishment in the uk it's quite rare but i guess his he deserved it yeah child porn habit like warranted it yeah so he couldn't use the internet basically and a lot of them were rapists a lot of them like sexually assaulted you know men and women it was just i rarely met a resident who hadn't done a stint in prison for some form of violent okay. Hey, I get there. it. And I came across thousands of these men, and a lot of it was domestic violence, uh, rape, uh, sexual assault. Yeah, so it wasn't like they were just down on that because I did find that the ones who were just down on their luck, they tended to get themselves out of the hole. Like they would find a job and they would eventually move out and not come back. But that hostel in particular, there was a high return rate. So they'd get evicted for not paying rent. Two months later, you'd see them back in there again and the cycle continued. And it was only this year where they realized that some of them are just never going to get out of like the homeless cycle. Like they actually need to build a long-term facility for some of these men because even with all the help in the world, bearing in mind, I worked at a facility where it was supported living. So they had a dedicated support worker. They had two meals a day 
holiday included, they had activities included. Like at Christmas, they would get more presents and better food than me. Like, so they had these titles of these episodes are also clickbait. It's like a really, really good setup. And even then, some of them just couldn't do it. Like, you know, we would even go as far as, and it was a practice I disagreed with, but we would book their doctor's appointments for them. And I was always like, if they can like ring up their mates to go and buy weed, why can't they call the doctors for themselves? Like, so I just refused to do it. And I'm not booking a grown man's doctor's appointments like that's ridiculous um unless of course they didn't have a phone or they you know like had some sort of condition which meant they couldn't communicate very well but at least in the uk you know quite a few of the hostels are actually supported living environments so when people say oh homeless people just don't have the support i'm not saying it's not the case in you know for everybody and i'm sure there are plenty of homeless people out there who are without support but there are also supported living facilities for homeless people and within those facilities there are many you know men so to speak who just don't respond or don't engage with the support as well as they should Yeah, I mean, I am biased against these sorts of men because, you know, there are men in my own family that, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast before, like how, you know, my great grandfather were like really shitty people that like domestically abused their wives and traumatized their kids. And so there's like generations of trauma there with not only me and my sister, but my cousins as well. And my second cousins, you know, honestly, probably gonna be a few generations, you know, then the climate apocalypse is gonna happen. So that'll sort itself out. But yes, I have like cousins who, you know, have been in and out of homeless shelters. They Some are addicts. Like I had one cousin in particular who spent some time in foster care, but as like an older teen. And when you're like an older teen in foster care, and a lot of times they'll be in like a sort of group home kind of situation. And he was like molesting the other girls there and sometimes boys too, and got kicked out of his group home. And what the story that we heard first that he was telling everybody that was that he claimed that he was sexually abused in foster care or in this group home. But actually he was the actual sexual abuser. Like he was going around telling people like, oh, you know, help me. Like I was like, you know, I was in foster care. I was like molested in my group home. Like, you know, I have so much trauma, like help me kind of thing. And we found out later that was not actually true that he'd like molested a ton of girls. And so that was something that really shook me when I was younger. Me and him were about the same age. So I was in my late teens and early twenties when I found this out. And that was one of those. And my family, like my parents, he actually came knocking on my parents' door at one point, asking for their help. And he stayed the night. Is this podcast getting worse or is it just me? At our house a few times. Like we didn't get molested, but like, you know, that was a thing that could have happened. Right. And, you know, and he robbed us as well. So there's like a whole, like he stole shit from us as well. So like my parents stopped like letting him come over. Right, but this is the story of a lot of these guys. Like, you're laughing, but, like... <laughs> it was really shitty for us at the time to wake up in the morning and there's no TVs in your house. Like, oh, we, we give him a place to stay in, a, like, yeah, a dinner the sucks. night before, right? You know, well, you know, we're so sorry what you went through, Todd. Like, we're going to get you through this kind of thing. And, like, yeah. Yeah, just, Todd. Like, I mean, I'm glad that he robbed us instead of molested us. Like, between the two things, honestly, I think losing our TVs was, was less traumatic, probably, than getting, like, literally raped. There you go, so looking I'm, on the I'm bright side. two options that he could have done. He went with that one. You know, still, like, these sorts of men are dangerous, and they're not just a danger to themselves, but they're a danger to the people who help them a lot of the times, right? That's why I'm kind of biased against these men and why I always advise women to exercise caution with these sorts of men with these sorts of sob stories, because a lot of times they'll say, oh, I'm a victim, I've done this and this, but they're not the victim, they were the perpetrator. And the reason why they're homeless is because they got caught. They finally got faced consequences for their actions. And living on the streets, I think, is a fair consequence for men who are, like, child molesters. Like, I think men like that deserve to suffer, honestly. Like... (laughs) Social isolation. It's They're supposed to be socially isolated from people who would be victimized by them. And that's like an uncomfortable conversation because I think a lot of the do-gooder types, they think about this problem in terms of numbers and in the abstract. And this is what happens a lot of times with academia or like women who take up these pet causes because they're like, I'm going to go fly to some remote village in uh, Africa and save the people there. Like they have the savior complex and they just don't understand the politics um, on the ground level is way, 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 way more complex than 
they've been led to believe. Like, I would love to say that like the homelessness problem is as simple as just like building more homes. But the truth of the matter is it's not. And this is a big problem in the states right now. There's like a huge conversation about some of these states that have much larger populations of homeless. I think California being the largest one, if I'm not mistaken, of like unsheltered homeless people, meaning homeless people that just quite literally live on the street in 10 cities. And there's other states that have homeless people, but they have a better infrastructure of like hostels and different places for them to stay. I think anybody like listens to this just to fall asleep, this podcast. But a lot of other states, because they don't have any infrastructure for homeless people, especially red states, which is quite literally bust their homeless to California. So California has an influx of people that are living on the street and bringing back these like throwback viruses and throwback sicknesses like leprosy, and, like hantavirus Sick. and stuff like that. Because there's so many of them on I don't think that's true. There's no leprosy, the street. It became like a huge public health crisis. So what California is like now trying to do is figure out like, what do you do with this population? Like there's a certain percentage for which if we just build affordable housing or at least like some kind of uh, more of a shelter system that they can stay, then they won't be on the street and then possibly could get their life together enough to be more integrated into society. But then there's just like these complete psychopaths that are dangerous. Like my cousin. And yes, he did experience trauma with from his parents. Like my aunt and uncle did kind of fuck him up, right? But it's like, what do you do with men like that? Where they've been through some fucked up shit and they're like a hurricane causing destruction in the lives of everyone they interact with. How do you deal with men like that? But here's the thing as well is that I find it quite interesting how people tend to use trauma as an excuse for why homeless men are shitty, but they don't extend that same empathy or sympathy to women. Uh, not what? They're not extending that sympathy to women? women? But women as a class, like if you look at the statistics on sexual abuse, like most women have been subjected to sexual abuse. But when, you know, we have things like FDS or anything that tells women that you don't have to downplay your hurt or whatever. We're just seen as bitter and angry and we need to get over it or not all men. But when it's men who experience trauma, it's like the worst thing in the world and that justifies them treating other people saying that? Is anybody saying what she's saying though? And the other thing is, is that when you look at sexual abuse statistics, it is overwhelmingly male and female and overwhelmingly the offenders are male. And so there's not a direct correlation between being abused and then becoming a sex offender yourself, right? Because if that were the case, there would be a lot more female sex offenders. Because there'd be a lot more female pedophiles than there are right now, right? Because women and girls face so much sexual abuse. You know, if it was true that like trauma caused people to become abusive or toxic or violent and so on. I mean, men are definitely way worse than that regard no question you see a lot more women who are serial killers rapists and so on right because women also face this trauma and like if anything like women's trauma gets like weaponized against women like you know i've seen people insult women like oh she looks like she was molested as a kid that was an actual insult i heard a guy oh she's got daddy issues or whatever you know okay daddy issues are a real thing getting someone saying you look like she got molested as a kid that is i've never heard that and that's fucking weird yeah like it's weaponized against women but when men are daddy issues are a real thing you know quote unquote traumatized it's used as, as like oh we should feel compassion for him when he's doing terrible things Oh, it's not his fault. Like, you can't help it. And I literally challenged somebody on that when they tried to throw that argument at me. I was like, but what about all the staff who are trying to help these men? Aren't they being traumatized by being verbally abused or being, you know, gripped against the wall or being entrapped in the office because they're going on a rampage, threatening to kill themselves? It's just like women and, you know, these people who work in these homeless hostels, men love to say, you know, women don't care about our problems, but it's overwhelmingly women. If you go into any homeless hostel, even if it's full of men, you'll find that it's overwhelmingly women who are staffing it, who are supporting these men, who give these men... you know, second, like third, that. fourth, fifth, sixth, tenth, hundredth chances. It's not really men doing the legwork. It's women still. And they just well, feel so women do jobs like that. Entitled. Yeah, if it wasn't for women, the entire caretaking industry would collapse. It, yeah, no shit. And you could say that about it a would collapse. And it just feeds into that. And, you know, going women. back to what we say, FDS, the way men and society in general, even other women, I guess down to internalized misogyny, they feel so entitled to women's emotional labor, especially when it comes to essentially shitty men. They just feel so entitled to it. And there's no consideration for their feelings. It should just always be about the man and his feelings. Even if he's treating them really badly, they should just understand it and just get on with their job. And then if they can't hack it, they're a bad person. If they can't take the abuse anymore, then they're a terrible person. It's really an abusive... It's abusive dynamic. 
it's a I dynamic. Don't know if that exists like that's society wide, but it also exists on like the individual level where society is revolved around the feelings and the needs of men. And in an abusive relationship, the relationship is centered on the feelings and the needs of the abuser. And the female partner, like her needs and her wants are seen as irrelevant or as inconvenient or as, as an obstacle to the man's happiness, right? So this whole discussion on like, we need to feel bad for homeless men, even though a lot of them do terrible things to women, like exactly the sort of discussion that we see on, you know, men who are abusers in relationships, they often play the victim as well, or they often make themselves seem out. I, mean, to I think that's just well, abusive they say, behavior. Oh, I yeah. abuse because like my mom was abusive to me. And like, yeah, you know, it's called making well, an excuse. Just just say, you know, she's the abuser. And that's actually what happened in the hostel is that they would say that we're the worst people in the world. We're selfish. We don't care about them, you know, whilst extracting our labor, like from us and basically depending on us as well. Whilst. Yeah. And you see that in abusive relationships all the time right and so again like i tell women who are in abusive relationships all the time to like stop buying his darvos stop believing the lies that he tells you about yourself stop believing that the lies that he tells you about him right feel less compassion for it when men know that you feel compassion for them they'll emotionally manipulate you yeah it's, ga it's game over and i saw this a lot at the hostel as well and this is why i say even if they're not like physically abusive or physically intimidating don't underestimate the level of manipulation that these men will go to like in the uk yeah they might pretend to be women even any of the people who are begging on the streets for example they're not actually homeless they have somewhere to go as well i was honestly shocked when i you know first heard that and that was actually when i joined the hostel in my training they said most all many of the people who were like begging on the street they're not actually homeless they have somewhere to go as well that was the craziest thing when i was in europe too like the homeless people in europe are so much more like put together than the homeless people in like canada i don't know if canada and the us have similar homeless people but like the homeless people in europe seemed like reasonably young and able-bodied a lot of them like were dressed sort of like i guess kind of nicer and like yeah a lot of them are like why are they on the streets begging when they're on benefits i don't understand that like why do they do that because it's more money it's more money yeah, and it's, I money guess, like, I it's like more money what? to spend on what they want to spend on because again like, i think when i was at the hostel as well they had to pay like a nominal rent out of their benefits and a lot of them just hated paying for it even though it was something ridiculous like maybe 30 pounds a week or something like that which if you're Pretty getting reasonable room board two meals included that's like nothing especially given how expensive rent is in the uk and they just wouldn't want to pay for it they would just you know want to spend it all on themselves and the way they spent money on drugs and alcohol was like nothing i could ever seen like what was really funny as well was that they would all know when each other was getting their benefits so you knew when somebody just been paid because they would have like a swarm of the homeless people just like following them around because <laughs> they would get things like drugs and alcohol and i remember there was one gentleman who mistakenly received like five grand in benefits payments it was a mistake and he knew it was a mistake and the staff were telling him look send it back to dwp department of work and pension send it back and he was like yeah no i'll spend it all because then i'll only have to pay back like five pounds a week which is true like if you have no money dwp will take like maybe five pounds a week until you pay it back but obviously if it's five grand you'll never pay it back but he spent the whole lot in three days on drugs and alcohol just five grand that must yeah, have been a, a fucking these, fun like, three days though huh hunter biden types <laughs> hunter biden i don't know who he is Okay, Hunter Biden is uh, Joe Biden's son, who is a hardcore drug addict and has had a bunch. He's, oh, it's just actually a long story, but like, he's a hardcore drug addict. Did he get a prostitute pregnant? Was that him? Uh, I think a stripper. Probably. But like, yeah, no, he's like frequents prostitutes all the time. And a bunch of videos leaked of him frequenting prostitutes, him being high, him smoking crack, all these types of things. So it's a guy who comes from privilege, who otherwise would be homeless if his father was not quite literally uh, highly connected. Literally the president, yeah. Yeah, well, not <laughs> before he was president, he was still a senator. But there's actually a high percentage. I don't know the percentage of this, but there's a 
decent percentage of men who are homeless who are basically Hunter Biden types. They have a drug problem. They're pathologically abusive to everyone around them. And they want to spend all their money on gambling, drugs and prostitution. And they alienate their family so much that they have no other place to go but the street because they're too dangerous and too much of a liability for their family to take on. Right? If you have them in their house and like Lil said, they rob you or they're bringing drugs and prostitutes into the house. Like if you are a law abiding citizen, you can't be around that. Right. And without risk of the police getting involved. And I actually had a classmate that was like that, where came from a lot of wealth, mind you. A couple of my classmates, like shortly after graduation, we saw him like downtown high out of his mind, like ripping pages out of a book just on the street. But like, this is a person who came from wealth, but he was essentially just so gone out of his mind, addicted to drugs and addicted to whatever else that he- Stay away from drugs, people. He couldn't- Except the fun ones. Function in society. And I think he actually dropped out of our school. He didn't graduate with us. So there's things like that where, you know, when we talk about homelessness, like first of all, stratified by sex and say the homelessness problem among women in is vastly different than the homelessness problem among men. Correct. Overlap, but like to act as if the specifically homeless male 12 more likes and we'll give away a channel membership problem isn't a significant portion Go of it is not of their own design likes. would be a little bit disingenuous yeah and also actually the number of homeless women is actually thought to be very underreported purely because there are women who are effectively homeless but are being sexually exploited so things like sex for rent uh, sofa surfing sleeping on the floor these women are technically homeless but they're not counted in the stats because they are housed in quotation marks but their housing isn't secure so in a sex for rent arrangement if she decides to stop sleeping with the landlord then she's homeless basically so even in that sort of situation she's effectively homeless because she has to do something that she probably doesn't want to do in order to secure housing right because it's too dangerous for women to sleep on the street so when people are trying to homeless surveys quite literally like and i know some of my friends that were working in research on like urban development urban populations like they would have to go do surveys and like quite literally count homeless sometimes and yeah you won't see as many women on the street because it's dangerous for them to be no on the it's because prince charming comes and saves them from that horrible horrible life after dark so yeah there's a thought that females women in general are criminally underreported, but also women tend to voluntarily seek help a lot more often. So the other problem is that the male homeless population, they don't want to help themselves nearly as much. So like whatever, call it machismo, maybe like there's not as much of a sense of immediacy as it is for women because of the fact that it's so dangerous for women, but the female population is much more likely to seek help and therefore find it as well as them not being so dangerous that they can't use the services that are publicly available because what disqualifies a lot of the men from publicly available services are like that long history and that long rap sheet that Savannah was talking about. It's like they're too dangerous for the public service professionals to try to help them. I want to point out that like when you're talking to incels online, you know, misogynists incels. online, they'll always be like, well, if you go on the streets, 99% of the homeless people are men. Like that's a sign that men are oppressed by society. No, I would say that the fact that most homeless people are men is a sign of male privilege because homeless men are generally more safe on the streets than homeless women, right? The fact that women can't even be homeless without being attacked or raped or killed is itself like male privilege, right? They don't face the same dangers that homeless women face. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a choice. I mean, I think they face a lot of those Some dangers. Of them, right? It's dangerous being homeless. And a lot of women in abusive relationships, for example, there's a lot of women what? who would be homeless, but they choose to stay with their abuser because they see being with one man who beats them every night or, you know, or even just like emotionally abuses them, treats them like shit or whatever. That's seen as a better option to them than being on the streets and possibly getting serial killed, right? Serial killed? a barrier to what, women reporting. Why would you care more about getting serial killed versus regular killed? Like, would you would be like, ah, I can't believe I'm getting serial killed. This stinks. Domestic abuse anyway, because if she's dependent on the guy to pay the rent or the mortgage, she's not going to, you know, shop him to the police because then she'll lose her housing. And when I was training police officers in this, a lot of them were like, oh, shit. Yeah, I didn't think of that because it was like, are you going to give her a house? Are you going to pay her rent? Are you going to pay her mortgage? If she reports and this guy goes to prison, of course she won't. So, you know, when you're saying women need to report more, it's like, are you thinking about her housing situation? If she reports and then he goes to prison and she ends up homeless, how are you going to help her? You can't help her. 
Exactly. And a lot of, again, like the fact that women don't report domestic abuse for these economic reasons is seen as like, oh, you know, I guess women just like to be in abusive relationships. But she's effectively homeless. Yeah. Like they make it like, oh, women choose to be in abusive relationships. They don't take into account that the other option for her is usually worse. So with that in mind, though, should we talk about like how to spot a homosexual? Like, let's say you're on Tinder and you're swiping. I mean, I haven't used Tinder in a long time, but like, let's say you're on Tinder and you're swiping. What was the website that women were using to find prison pen pals? Oh, <laughs> go back and watch our 10, go listen to our 10 tips on dating a prisoner episode for that uh, ride of hilarity. But yeah, basically, if you're a prison pen pal. I don't remember the app. We listened to it, but I don't So remember. I would say if a guy comes out of the bat, and this doesn't just apply to homelessness, but generally anyway, I think it's a red flag if he starts with a sob story. Spot a homosexual, hobosexual. Shout out to Michael. He was, uh right away saying like oh i'm a victim i was just out of prison it wasn't my fault if he just gives any sort of aura of always being the victim i would just turn around and walk away even if he's not homeless but it means that he's trying to get your sympathy because generally speaking like men don't share especially with women emotionally unless they're doing it for ulterior motives especially a man you've just met so i think it's a big red flag if a guy begins if he leads with the sob stories yeah. So if he leads with the sob stories, red flag. If he's a prison, yeah, that's pal, a red flag for a woman too. Pal, red flag. What's another red? If you're a dude and a woman leads with a sob story on Tinder. Like I don't know. If he wants flag. to like come over to your house immediately, and when he goes to your place, like you know, um, John Meehan, like what was that story? The Dirty John. That story, right? He was a homosexual, right? And apparently, one of the first things that he did is he wanted to go to her house and he was looking around and like, wow, it's so nice. And one of the first things that he did was lie in her bed and was like, wow, what a nice mattress kind of thing. You know, if he shows up at your house looking sort of underdressed and you know is really impressed, taking the mattress for a spin right away yeah maybe that's by how nice your house is he's like he's house shopping like he's not interested in you he wants he wants just a place to sleep and if like each time you see him it's always either at your place or somewhere public like you should verify that he has his own lodging somehow even through a video call or just going to see it if possible but yeah if they're always too available that's a sign that a they don't have a job and or they don't have anywhere to live as well because like working people there'll be times when they're just not available or do you know what i mean like they won't always be available exactly yeah you know women like a guy who replies to their text messages you know in less than 24 hours, right? We want a guy to text us back. We don't like when a guy texts us and then puts his phone down for like five hours and doesn't respond. But if he's at work, that's a good thing. If he responds to every single one of your text messages immediately, that means he's probably homeless. Yeah, and if you want to hang out, but... You know, if he responds to all your me- messages all the way, it means he's probably homeless? You hang out to see them in public or at your place. What? Something's not quite right there. <laughs> if he doesn't mention having a relationship with any friends or family... Yeah, that's another big one. You know, he's just kind of out here. <laughs> or if his friend is named Toothless Joe, maybe that's, that might be a red flag. <laughs> that's another thing is I would seriously question any man who doesn't have any kind of support network. Like, cause men always want to be like, oh, it's cause you know, of like, they always want to make it seem like it's not their fault or, you know, that it's other people who aren't supporting them. But it's like, as a man, like, why do you have nobody? Like, even if your parents were terrible and they kicked you out and stuff, why not like go make an effort to like make friends, you know, build your own support network. Like even if a man did go through something terrible, his like inability to build a support network is itself a red flag. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the journey of being a man and being able to contribute to your community. Like you do have to have some value to people, right? It doesn't mean that you have to like contribute monetarily, like if you don't have the money, but for people to not want you around at all, it's giving incel, right? Yeah. 
as a side note, a lot of these guys that are incels are, they would be the homeless demographic if their parents didn't house them, right? They don't have any friends except for online. They hate women. They're pathologically unable to form relationships with other people. And so like when you look at those types, you know, you have to make sure that when you're dealing with a man and he seems to not have any ties anywhere, it's very much a red flag. He might be a transient person. Everything's a red flag. Or if he just got generally poor social skills because yeah, again, red flag. what I witnessed in the homeless so population when I was flags. there is that they generally have quite poor social skills. And like, okay, we discussed this in, a, in another episode about the biggest barrier for poor men succeeding, especially with women, is there are a lot of women who take in these fix it, fixer upper type guys, right? Um, or who Shout take in the, the men who make less than dudes. them. The biggest barrier is like a lot of times their antagonism and misogyny when it comes to dealing with women, because if you are poor and you see a lot of families that are poor, generally like the male and the female will work together, right? If they can't work together with a woman such that she would even want to have him as like a project, then you're dealing with a person who's got a, a pathological problem such that they shouldn't be around people. And there's even women that do take in these sociopaths and that's where you get in to a lot of times where you'll see like children being abused or being murdered on the news and nine times out of ten it's like mom's boyfriend she met two weeks ago and then moved in and it's just some transient asshole so i saw this like tiktok it was on twitter but it was like a recording of a tiktok that was on twitter it was like it had this uh, uplifting background music like you're supposed to see this as a success story but it started out with like i found this guy on the side of the road took him home cleaned him up you know got him some clothes fed him found him a job all that kind of stuff blah blah, blah. and then he cheated on me and <laughs> and i'm just like girl why would you go through so much effort why don't you just find a random guy on the side of the road, build him up, and then, like, for what, right? Like, I don't understand that. I, why would you do... <laughs> I don't get it, right? <laughs> and only for him to harm you? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, he remains with a man, right? <laughs> yeah, and, like, I heard another story, like, completely separate story, where, like, a woman, you know, offered a man a place to stay, and he slit her throat, right? I see these oh. kinds of stories, and I'm like, you're taking on so much danger and giving I it mean, so... I mean, yeah, you're asking for it with... I wouldn't be letting some fucking... Like, again, if a guy did that and they're like, yeah, I let some random ex-cons stay with me. He was in jail for assault and then he murdered me. You go like, yeah, I don't know. That's what happens. So much sometimes. to this guy. And what is he giving you in return? Nothing other than like the sense of satisfaction that you help someone. The other thing, too, if men weren't dangerous, then they could become roommates with each other. Right. Why can't they live with other men? Why? Because they know other men are shitty. <laughs> so they're always going to live with women because they can like enact their shittiness onto you. Because women aren't a threat to them and there's benefits of being with women. Right. Exactly. But like my other thing too is a red flag is like, even if he has a bunch of like random people that live together in a nondescript place and he doesn't really know these people, then probably an evidence that he's a homosexual because he well, might be you're like describing every person in New York right not now. Not a threat to everybody because. Shout out to uh, James LeBeau with the super chat. I literally get a headache listening to these broads. Shout out for dealing with this nonsense, Danny. Thank you. I think it's shaving months or maybe years off my you life. You know, having roommates is somewhat normal, especially for younger people, but you start to realize like, okay, you know, is he trying to upgrade his situation and get out of uh, living with a bunch of men by trying to move in with me? That's another thing to watch out for. Like, if you're dating a guy and he has roommates, it's important that his roommates should be like, yeah, longtime friends. Like, oh, he's my, you know, his brother, his cousin, his like buddies known from high school, that kind of thing. That is an indication that he's capable of like building and maintaining long term platonic relationships i would consider that okay if he has roommates that are just like a bunch of random people it's like oh this is just a house with like five rooms and just five dudes living in it. it's a pigsty and he doesn't really know or interact with these people yeah he's the kind of guy he's gonna be he's shopping for a girlfriend that he can move or he lives in new york city with you know that's the kind of guy he's gonna or go on online dating and find a woman who will let him move in with her He'll say things like, I'm a homebody. Damn, they just really expanded the definition of homosexual. It went from like, oh, yeah, these are like legitimately homeless people. And then they're like, oh, yeah, or any just guy who has a fucking roommate. And you're like, I have so many. Uh, that, that <laughs> I love a woman who can make Literally, a JJ. That's JJ's a homosexual. Home cooked meal. Like, 
and also make sure as well that he's paying rent or contributing wherever he's staying as well like homeless men generally don't like to part with their money so just make sure that they're contributing in a meaningful ah, way they're like my people preferably financially as well if they're living with roommates and make sure he's the kind of guy who does his dishes like is he the kind of roommate that just like eats his food and leaves his dishes in the sink waiting for someone else to clean that up yeah that was so common at the hostel as well if you move that guy in with you you're going to be doing dishes and cooking for him for the rest of your life and just general appearance as well like we hate to fit the stereotype but it's not like homeless people go around smelling of cologne and in you know well-cut suits as well so what's their grooming like do they wear the same telltale sign actually do they wear the same clothes every day because at the hostel some of them even- yeah but also fucking that's like the steve jobs thing where you're like so transcendent you just wear the same same thing everywhere no they could get clothes for free but they would literally wear the same clothes for weeks months and not this is jj by them. the way they're I, describing I shit you JJ. not so Except they for he's, the same he's clothes every day because if they are homeless definitely i don't know so many episodes will say a bunch of stuff and then at the end it's like so yeah okay end of episode boom like i want to have a conclusion you know yeah <laughs> conclusion. conclusion homeless men so are the worst and saying conclusion i think the homeless men question since we're focusing on men in this one is a lot more complex than people think yes there are systemic issues that contribute to homelessness and not all of it is down to the individual but there are so many individual differences i think this show's giving me an ulcer is there can't be a blanket response you know like rose said earlier on in the episode even if you built everybody a house and paid their rent you would still have people who are homeless because it's also there's an element of agency and choices that we make and the consequences of the choices that we make as well and that needs to be spoken about more it's not enough to just say just give everybody a house or just be really patient with them because ultimately people who are homeless they can have you know maladaptive behaviors they learn what works for them and sometimes their behavior can be extremely destructive you know to the people around them and to the people who are trying to help them as well they'll be like that homeless prophet that we talked about in that roses Grove episode a few episodes back where he was trying to get some women to be part of his sister wife harem but he didn't have a place to stay but like that's also a flavor of homeless man where the reason why he's homeless is because he doesn't want to quote play by the rules of society and it's yeah, those ones I like. some like insane bullshit like and those are just like seething narcissists <laughs> who are like trying to start a cult yeah extremely uncooperative i guess our larger point (laughs) in this episode was that homelessness like savannah said is a very complex problem don't let your empathy be weaponized against you especially not in the dating market no because a lot of these guys are exactly where they need to be at this point in their life they where they deserve to be they're where they deserve to be Uh, they brought themselves there Right. So people are going to pressure you to feel like you should extend yourself to help them directly or give these types of guys a chance. And the truth of the matter is for women, like it's only downside. They're <laughs> only, they're hopeless and they'll murder and rape you. Women That's... internalize the message that you don't owe, I wrote this on my Twitter account, but I'll repeat it here, is that you don't owe anybody your compassion, empathy, or sympathy. You True. give those out of your own volition. Like don't feel like you have to feel sorry for homeless men just because society says you're a bad person if you don't. Like I you, know, you that, get yeah. to decide you know, who to give those feelings to. Don't be pressured into giving them the benefit of the doubt or making excuses for them just because society tells you that you should it's perfectly okay because like i said once again on the ground a lot of the women the working class women that do give these guys a chance those are the ones that you see on the news you know a month later with their baby shaken to death because again these men are dangerous so telling them like oh you should have compassion almost men will shake your babies to death for this situation for is actually the wrong thing to tell women and honestly, I think this whole idea that working in the homeless sectors, it's rewarding to some degree, yes, but there's also a lot of trauma that goes with that reward to the point where it's effectively cancelled out. And again, my reference to high turnover is that these you know, people come into it genuinely wanting to help, but they just don't get the respect. Or they the just don't want to they they take the help, help is what you're saying. So I honestly think, from my experience anyway, that just like saying it's rewarding on its own is a bit of, you know, propaganda to get especially women to invest in these ha, women who don't give anything back to them, even basic decency and respect. Yeah. To follow up on what you said, Svenna, 
women don't owe compassion and empathy. And if someone is demanding or is acting entitled to your compassion and your empathy, you need to run. That is a huge red flag. Especially if they're homeless. Exactly, because the only people I know who are abusive people, that's an abusive mentality to feel entitled to your emotional labor, to feel entitled to your compassion. Yeah. Just on like, to end on like a fun, you know, as well. Like, it was really wild in the homeless hostel as well. Like, these guys would be straight up homeless, have nothing. You would know they have nothing. But then they'd hit on like the female staff. Yeah, Yeah, they would. Dirty (laughs) dogs. They're trying their options. They're seeing what they can get. As in, like, one a day, and I'm just like, but you're homeless. Some of the, and some of them were a snatch. Like, I why bet do you, think you... I want to get with you? Why? They don't have shame. They're hustlers. You know, a lot of them are pimps, too. Actual, literal pimps. Sex traffickers. So they don't have any respect or regard for women. It's all about exploitation at that point. Because at that ground level, when you're trying to meet your basic needs, like, for a lot of men, their morality about that goes out the window. Mm-hmm. True. Yep. So that's the episode. Let us know what you Thank think God. on thefemaledatingstrategy.com. For- Thank the Lord. That has been episode 82 of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. Guys, I don't know how much longer I can do this. I'm going to keep on powering on. But, I mean, it's, it really feels like um, like goodwill hunting, you know, where every day, you know, they go to pick you up, and I'm just hoping you're not going to be there. And every every week, every Sunday, I do these streams, and I'm just, my hope is that zero people will be watching. And then I could say, I don't I don't have to do this anymore. But, uh, y'all love it. No, I'm not doing another episode. I'm sorry I started the, the, uh, late this week, but it's oh after 10 here. I got to get home. I got some shit to do. That has been this week's episode. Uh, we'll get an afternoon one in soon, I promise, for the fucking Euro scrotes and the Aussie scrotes. Oh, I didn't realize how cut off I was like that. Nah, whatever. Um, all right. Thanks very much, everybody, for joining me. If you'd like to support the show, as always, you can. Uh, Patreon, locals, join the YouTube channel. Uh, that has been the episode. Don't forget this Tuesday night, Flat Earth Dave, live on Low Value Mail. Ask him, you can call in and ask him any questions you got about the Earth, the Flat Earth, and Wednesday, the Bathhouse with Chris Fago, Bonnie McFarlane, and one other person who I can't remember. Oh, yeah, Dan Carney. Very funny, Dan Carney. Uh, All right. Have a good Sunday, everybody. Thank you for joining me. We will see you very soon. Have a good night, all you scrotes. Bye-bye. I'm my shell rowing. Empathic abilities, yeah, my face be also stoic. Bleep blow up, nigga. That just means I'm working. They see me as a leader, so that's why I'm Captain Kirkin. These charts from the stars, that much is for certain. You can feel this here if you up or if you hurt. I'm raising my stock, not talking my feet as I'm burking. Number Johnny Five got a fucking short circuit. Bring the track to life when I spit phenomenon. When I hit, she feel that shit in her abdominals. These rappers make me laugh like comic view, they comic view. You know I got a ball out, I hit the track running just like Sonic do. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. They was trying to get me on my hype. Shit. Yeah, they don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah, and they tried to down me up some KO type shit. Yeah, they don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah, now we pulling up fresh on some flight shit. Ah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah, they don't wanna turn on my light switch. Uh. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah, they was trying to get me on my hype shit. Yeah, they don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah, now they tried to down me up some KO type shit. Yeah, they don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah.